0: Hello, I'm Leonard Nimoy. If you're like me, now that the holidays are over, you're probably trying to get things back to normal. But even though things did get a bit hectic, I hope you remembered to answer your Christmas seal letter. If you've overlooked it, remember, the fight against emphysema, tuberculosis, and the growing pollution of the air we breathe, all of these must go on all year round. It's not too late to sit right down and answer your Christmas seal letter today. It's a matter of life and breath his name is Sylvester Stallone he's the star of a new film called Rocky he's been described as tough handsome talented sexy sensitive dynamic brilliant he's been compared to Nicholson De Niro and Brando but he is Rocky He's the man who could be loved by only one woman because somehow she gets beneath the pain. He's every nobody who ever needed somebody. Rocky, do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you! He's every man who ever settled for something less. At least you have pride. I
1: ain't had no pride. I ain't enough. I want to get
0: that. I want to get that. Terrific. I mean, you could be a heartbreak. You walk down the street breaking hearts the way you're looking. Very sharp. He's the man who never had a chance <laughs> until now, Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot. His name is Sylvester Stallone. But you will always remember him as Rocky.
2: Unseasonably hot uh, Christmas. It was horrible. It
1: was like living in Florida. Not to, to say that it's necessarily horrible <laughs> to live in Florida. Do <laughs> people in Florida? Yeah, know but I mean exactly what we're talking about. We like to have the changing of the seasons, and it's 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 raining out. It's hot. It was 60. I had almost turned the air I conditioner know, I on. I was
2: dying. I was in Philadelphia, so it was even a little hotter than it was here. Speaking of Philadelphia,
1: speaking of Philadelphia, (laughs) it's very topical um, this week. Along that, that that we're going to be talking about Philadelphia, but we've we've completely forgot about. We have to finish the last half of the other cast out. We did. We we just got off of doing Gremlins for Christmas. And we literally walked away from the studio, and we completely forgot out the the whole reason why we almost did do. We rambles. packed up
2: our sleeping bag and yeah, you
1: know, yeah, zipped
2: but, it up, and we went to sleep. And
1: poured and, all the water, coffee, and beer <laughs> down the the sink, and then we realized
2: shucks, the, one of the whole reasons why we did it in the first place it would never got mentioned.
1: Yeah, um, you uh, have acquired a um, uh, a bust from Rick Baker's um, a special effects house that yes. was designed. Uh, they were designing Gremlins for the 1990 sequel, Gremlins, a new batch.
2: Yes. Uh, we talked about, uh, we talked about it a lot of times so. in the Harry and the Henderson's cast. For sure. We talked about how Rick Baker was retiring and how there was a big auction. There was, they're putting on auctions. He was selling a, a bunch of stuff from his creature shop. And uh, I went on one of those auctions and I purchased what's called the maquette. It's a clay bust of uh, Gremlin in the designing process of what they were going to look like for the movie. Um, this particular one wasn't uh, sculpted by Rick Baker himself, but certainly he and Joe Dante looked it over.
1: Yeah, of course they probably looked at it. So
2: yeah, you're doing really good. Or oh, geez, that's looking bad. And you're one of only like three people that's seen it in person.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. It's a lot bigger than you would think it would it was be. was a
2: lot bigger than I thought it was going to be when yeah. I bought it.
1: And you went through a whole thing with them shipping it down to you. It and was a the whole th-
2: rigmarole, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, it ended up costing more to get it shipped than it actually cost to buy, right? Yeah. The bidding? Well, it,
2: no, it didn't cost more, but it cost... They charged me over $500 to ship
1: it. Just to ship it from California to New York.
2: And then it got damaged on the way, and miraculously... I talked it out with them and they refunded my shipping costs.
1: Yeah, I told you, man. I would go and yell the <laughs> the, the, the the shit out of them about that. And 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 I mean it wasn't it wasn't destroyed. We no,
2: it just was it was you know what it was is the way it was shipped in a wooden crate, you know, like Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah, stuff.
1: Much <laughs> like Creepshow. You got a yeti in there coming <laughs> to you.
2: And, you know, it's like it's like the Ark of the Covenant was shipped to my house. Yeah. And uh
1: it took a while to get there, too, didn't it?
2: Yeah. It took, I don't know, it was like months. Like you
1: won, yeah, you won the auction, and then they were like, okay, now the next step is, is how are we going to ship it to you? <laughs> and
2: how are we going to get it to you? Because we they- w- advised that you come here and get it, No. I wasn't going gra- to drive cross country to get it. And you were even, Although uh, I probably should
1: have. You were entertaining even getting a, uh, um, a, not a messenger, but what do you call those?
2: Oh, like a courier. A
1: courier. Yeah. That might have been even che- cheaper than, you know, you can rent a freaking-
2: But what happened was that something in the crate broke. And so by the time all it took what, a they
1: pack it in hay <laughs> you know you always envision those wooden crates just coming with They pack
2: like it with like foam and but something in it uh what happened was they didn't support the actually the base of the of the bust itself broke snapped in half and uh which it, you know it's, uh, it's a wooden th- right it's there's, a wooden there's base. pictures yeah there's pictures on our site
1: um, for the under the gremlins podcast yeah
2: on the under the gremlins podcast It's linked to some pictures you can see it's like a clay bust on a metal pipe, yeah. and that metal pipe is fastened to like a wood uh, base, like a wooden, just what's wood. Yeah. Now that that cracked in half and busted, and so what happened was when it buckled, it came loose from everything that was stabilizing it in the crate. Yeah. And so it got knocked around. Miraculously, it showed up in better shape than it could have.
1: Yeah, exactly because it's, it's still kind of like pliable yeah, the clay obviously, was, enough, was, yeah. you
2: would th- obviously I didn't think that it was going to be like fired clay because there's like glass eyes and stuff in it but um I was expecting like when you're in you know when you're in like elementary school the clay gets dried up and it becomes hard Yeah. even yeah. if you don't put uh, it in the like oven breaks, yeah. or the kiln or whatever this is like still like malleable I wonder it's if it's like if it's sometimes. like a certain
1: model's yeah, modeler's clay some or some special sort of modeling clay. and that's, that movie After is now 25 years old <laughs> maybe more right the, yeah about 26 years old so and this thing's sweet looking. Do you have you been able to pinpoint who he is in reference to the
2: I think he's supposed to be there's one in the movie specifically that has like a spike. You know, it's nice. he's like the stripe of oh that like movie. aesthetically yeah. instead of like a hair or mohawk it's like sp- like spikes that are like I guess, you know, Exoskeleton Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. He looks like he's pretty close to that one. I don't remember that movie that well. I only know because and we, I think we mentioned it when we did the Gremlins cast that L. Ray was playing the crap. Oh, out so of, you watched so it? So I ended up watching the second one.
1: Yeah. John Glover's good in that, isn't he? John Glover's. Well, he yeah, he's good in everything. He's good, he's everything. good in everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was just, I was just thinking about, the, I was watching on. Grit T V always it always comes back to the internet <laughs> television that we watch.
2: It's really it's just it's just a it's a big it's things a things like uh, grit and heroes and icons and buzzers start like paying us. Yeah, there. we
1: it's just a big advertising. We just buy time from E T V and all that. But the, uh, I caught Seamus on freaking uh Grit T V. Seamus is this uh very really obscure Burt Reynolds nineteen seventy three movie where he plays a private detective in New York City and when you and I were living together post college, uh, I was going through a big smoking the bandit phase. So uh, without you, but then I was yeah. like, "Hey, let's let's watch some Burt because I'm in a big smoking the bandit phase." So we ended up watching like uh, all the, the the like I had already seen Gator, but we watched Gator. We watched like White Lightning, which is the first movie because he plays Gator McCluskey. We watched Gator the McCluskey. longest yard. We watched the longest yard. We watched this Seamus. We watched Sharky's Machine, and we might have watched like Hooper, the one where he's like the stunt man. Yeah, and,
2: we watched that one. You know, we might have watched like.
1: Uh, but there's like The
2: o- shtick or whatever. <laughs> what, what was that one called? The stick. I don't remember. I mean, we watched one from like the 80s. Like yeah,
1: we watched... Mid to late 80s. We watched all his like... What made him Burt without being like comic relief. And this Seamus movie is freaking amazing. I bring it up because it's like John Glover's first appearance. Yeah. He chases John Glover down through a back alley and then like trying to get information out of him. He's like sticking his face into like a grease bucket from yeah, like yeah. outside of a Chinese restaurant. It's disgusting. And remember he does all his own stunts Burt where like he's like... uh at one point, he's, like, in Westchester. Remember, he, like, jumps off, like, a stone ledge into a woods and misses the branch and oh, falls. Yeah, yeah. And That's we right. we were on that thing, like, a half a dozen that times. That was
2: one of my favorite ones that we watched, I recall.
1: Yeah, it's a mustacheless bird as well, because yeah. much like uh, my Chuck Norris and <laughs> Alex Trebek watching, I gauge years by mustaches. So it's back with the mustacheless. We uh, talked
2: about doing many uh, uh, fests. Yeah. We talked about maybe doing a Bronson fest. Yeah. Never yeah, but Burt but Reynolds was the only one we pulled off.
1: Yeah, we did. we did, and, it, and I was glad that we did the movies I'd never seen because, you know, I, I don't want to go back and watch like, uh, you know, we've all seen the Cannonball Run movies and all that. And, you know, of course, I can watch Smokey till the, the cows come home. But yeah, it was good yeah. to yeah. see the ones that, you know, like White Lightning with Ned Beatty and Gator with uh, Gator McCluskey. So, yeah, we should maybe get to Seamus. That was a great movie
2: since we're talking about John Glover. Yeah, uh, but we're not talking about that
1: today, and we're not talking about <laughs> Gremlins: A New Batch either. But so that's awesome. So please, uh, we like to also let people know that we do have a website where this podcast comes out on, which uh, you know we, it's it's our it's our baby, and uh, you can go there to, to to check out all the other podcasts. You can see us, you can read about us and what we do. You can there's an about us there. And with every podcast that comes out, we also plug um, other. Th- things, it's almost like further reading for each podcast. Yeah. We, you know, we have, like, either links sometimes to the Sometimes it's, scenes. like, really
2: exclusive stuff, like these pictures, for instance. Yeah, no sometimes one else has this darn yeah. freaking Sometimes bust. it's just cool stuff that we find on YouTube or an yeah. article or whatever.
1: You know, stuff that we think that, you know, if you're into... It's if you bonus feature. If you listen to freaking two and a half hours or six hours, I was talking about, <laughs> say, you know, Batman t- with Tim Burton's Batman, we figured, hey, you know what, maybe you'd be into seeing some other stuff, like a featurette that no one's seen, you yeah, know. Yeah. Or, like we said, exclusives like comic art or, or this big... You you know, gremlins bust that. Or a link sees. to
2: an interview that one of us did. Yeah,
1: you know. So uh we get around sometimes, or pictures of us hanging out with people. You know, in yeah. and- Weird situations, but hey, they're always conversation starters. But we digress
2: because this movie this week this is important, and it's getting late. Yeah, and I seriously could do like four parts on this. Yeah, movie. So, so we need to, we need to get this bad boy so started. We need to, we d- d- we need d- need to, to dive in because I could to do cut a all the BS. I could do a whole podcast series on, on 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 this about talking about this franchise and more specifically this first movie.
1: Yeah, we we uh, this is kind of like our uh, I was going to say our, our coup de la or creme de creme. That's not really the right word, but this is like the uh, the, it's like our the cobra, fine. Our cobra law. Uh, our, this is our cobra <laughs> law of the of the holiday season. We started this back in. We did. We pulled out five weeks of Halloween movies in October. We gave ourselves Dutch and Thanksgiving. We gave ourselves, uh, you know, uh, Invasion USA Christmas movie, as well as Gremlins and Christmas, we and then New we,
2: Year's Extravaganza.
1: Yeah, we were thinking of like, like, hey, let's surprise, let's give the the audience a, a nice little surprise gift, like if they haven't heard enough of us already. Our
2: last cast of two thousand fifteen of, of, of twenty
1: fifteen. Uh, we were gonna do a New Year's movie, and of course, like, what do you want to do? And it's like, oh, we well, can always it was
2: like we could do New Year's Evil. Yeah, Poseidon adventures uh, uh, <laughs>
1: or you know, that's a, that's a, you know, we love Irwin Allen, and we or we can do. And we're trying to think of well.
2: And then I brought up the fact that, for me, this is a New Year's tradition. Yeah. And I said, really? What is it? And you said? Rocky, 1976. It's a New Year's tradition because the fight between Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed takes place on New Year's Day, yeah. 1976. Um, the movie opens. We hear it, it's, we're hear in like an old abandoned church. There's a boxing club there. We see uh, two guys yeah, real long, beating long. the hell out of each other and this really like smoke-filled church and we see the opening we see a title that says November 25th 1975 Philadelphia Pennsylvania yeah and this is this spans well, first, it starts with the mo- the biggest like title card of ever like ever which is like rocky taking up the entire yeah, screen yeah it, it drives by you like a
1: tr- like a subway train it goes <laughs> it actually goes by like what is it goes a uh, screen right to <laughs> left i think you know and it's uh uh, yeah, this this so this thing encompasses. It starts. At th- it's almost like uh, Miracle on 34th Street, where it starts right before Thanksgiving and it ends yeah. on uh, New Year's Day. It's actually a
2: brilliant device. Uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote the script, and we don't need to go to a ton of the specifics because I think everybody kind of knows that he wrote the script. Do they know? What you think, though, or do you think people that's forgotten okay, about it? Well, are? in a nutshell, yeah. He went in and he was meeting with uh, the one of the producers of this movie, not uh, Erwin Winkler, but the other guy unfortunately. And
1: he was trying out for another role. And then, that didn't, then he ended
2: up talking to this guy for a while and the guy really liked him a lot. And, but the guy didn't think he was right for the role. Or he didn't have a part for him as an actor. And so he was on his way out and Stallone says that says to him, you know, I write too. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, okay, sure.
1: And this is Stallone's story where like, Hey, if you ever want to get anywhere in life, you know, just keep talking. And this is his example where it's like he, if he had not said two other words to that guy and walked out of the room, he might not have even had his career or we wouldn't have had Rocky. And he said he just stopped and said, Hey, by the way, I write And you yeah. guys like really and that sparked a conversation.
2: I was like, Well, oh, when you have something that you you know, that you think's worth reading, you know, let me let me see it. So then Stallone went and he decided he was gonna write a script. Um, now he now now kind of denies the Importance of a particular fight in 1975 where Muhammad Ali fought this guy named Chuck Wepner.
1: Yes, the uh, Bayonne... Uh, the brawler. The a bruiser. Yeah, no, it's the bleeder. The Bayonne bleeder. bleeder. Yeah.
2: Now, nowadays, because Wepner ended up suing him, so nowadays Stallone has, has said that that wasn't that big of an influence on him. But the idea of that fight was that there was this guy who was... You know, a bleeder. He, he was a, he was a nobody. He, he was, was just he was
1: he he had a career in boxing, and he really just was a Joe Blow. And he was ge- being put up there. He was playing, I think, Ridge, outside of Cleveland somewhere. This this really no nonsense fight against Muhammad Ali. And back then, people used to either if you couldn't go to the venue, people would actually go to like closed circuit. You go to a bar, or you'd even go to another arena to watch it. Yeah. And Stallone one night went with to just see a Muhammad Ali fight. and No one thought anything of this and guy. And so this
2: guy was supposed, you know, like. Like Rocky, he was fighting the best boxer in the world. And like in
1: the second round, was it he knocked Rocky? uh, Not Rocky. He knocked Muhammad Ali down, and people were like, "Oh my God, he knocked Muhammad Ali down!" You know. And then, I think they went to fifteen rounds, but the guy got a TKO, and Muhammad Ali ended up winning. But the guy never, you know, never, you know, was knocked out. And you know that was like the inspiration for Stallone saying, like, you know, what? That's what you know. Yeah. That's what people are going through. Even uh, you know, with his life of being a frustrated actor at the time, you know, he, he was only he, he was like sleeping sleeping on the streets, or um, you know, the stories where he was sleeping at the bus the the, the, the bus depot here in New York City. He yeah. had a dog, Buckus, who shows up in the movie that he couldn't even buy food for, so he had to he, he ended up selling it in front of a, a very sad story a barber shop uh, to get money. And then after he got the got this picture, he went back to get the dog, and the guy wouldn't give him the dog back, and he had to ended up like. I had to buy the dog for like $15,000 back from the guy. And that's the dog that shows up in this movie. So it's like, it's a touching story.
2: Yeah. So he saw this fight and it got sparked. The inspiration was sparked. The, uh, and he decided to write this script. And he writes it in a notebook, which, by the way, there was just recently like a huge Stallone auction. So yeah. Auctions. And that notebook with that original script sold for like hundreds of thousands. Oh, he actually dollars. parted with that? Yeah.
1: He w- parted with all kinds of stuff. I always wonder why people would. I guess because maybe he's getting up there and he doesn't. Need I want
2: to. I'd like to say that he was trying to raise money for charity, but I honestly don't know. Was that what it was for? I, I, have, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I thought, I'd like to say that's oh, why okay. he did it. I thought but he I don't was.
1: Don't. I thought he was. It was actually that was the reason. Like you know, he was saying he was raising money for. I'd like to say that he was helping out the children of the country. <laughs> but I don't
2: know if that's well, true or not. I don't know anything I mean, it's really not like about that. He needs that. the money, so you know? right.
1: But at the time when this script came out, he was like destitute. You know, he didn't have anything. He'd acted really. He's in. You know, he's he comes up here or there, and he was just he tried his hand at writing,
2: yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, he was th- here's the thing about Stone that people don't realize because he's got like that kind of that way of talking. And when he was born, there was like a forcep mishap, and it paralyzed the si- side of his face, so he's kind of got like his, his lip kind of hangs down. He he people mistake him for not being like an intelligent guy, yeah, because of the her. way he because of his voice and the way he looks and then of course because of the characters he's played i mean he was you know before rocky he played heavies yeah you know like he
1: plays know. frank nitty in a capone movie i think it was a roger corwin movie he plays here and there he's his death race prior to this yeah i think
2: death race is before this and so people don't he was like he's a well-educated guy he went to school in switzerland he's very well read and
1: uh he did the lords of flatbush and that didn't really Take him anywhere, so he yeah, started it's like writing. A
2: small part as like a guy, as like a thug on a subway in a Woody Allen movie, which I can't remember which one it is at the moment. Yeah. So he writes the script, and uh, I he mean, he writes it like
1: in three days too. Supposedly, the first draft. I mean, the
2: thing went through successful. Uh, yeah, A, a yeah. lot of drafts, but that's apparently, a the feat. originally it was pretty dark, and it didn't have a lot of kind of like what we. No, no. Love about
1: Yeah. Mickey was a racist, supposedly. uh, Rocky throws the fight at the end because he just gets so disillusioned with the whole boxing industry, which I think is kind of interesting to think about that, because at the time, that really says something about the the world. Because he does paint a portrait of a world, you know, that it's Philadelphia, but it could be anywhere, that underclassmen or the people who are never going to ever get their dreams to materialize nor do they care or even realize that they could maybe even make their dreams happen you know so it's very sad and you get you i think he really puts that across in this film
2: now for me this now we've done tune and this will be the second movie we do that's like literally on like my list of like top five favorite movies of all time john carpenter's the thing yeah And this, this is this might be my favorite movie. Now
1: this is interesting because this makes a a jump back to earlier this year. We did one of my top five favorite movies, Dirty Harry. And you posed the question in Dirty Harry to me. You said, you know, is there another franchise aside from Dirty Harry? And we did mention Planet of the Apes, that has a a successful series that spans decades. And I realize when we're doing this, it is Rocky. Now, yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's Rocky. We're seventy six to now. They've now that's this is the sixth installment or seventh
2: creed as creed, of this recording creed came out at thanksgiving so that would be the seventh
1: installment year, so he's ahead of dirty harry by two movies so that's you know and also i think it says stallone holds the record only with charles chaplin being in writing a film and starring in it that has uh won like an oscar or awards for he's the only other person aside from charles chaplin who's been able to do that and it, it won awards and you know yeah. Well,
2: that's the other thing is like, He didn't direct this movie John G. John G. Ableton directed this movie Who, at the time, had done a bunch of movies But he was best known for a movie with Peter Boyle Called Joe, in yeah. 1970
1: Great little movie, if you had not seen it With Susan Sarandon, shows up in there with her breasts all out <laughs> uh, Joe's, or Peter Boyle's a real bigot It's a really uh, hard-to-find movie You can find it, it's really interesting Really messed up uh, it, it's, it's just a little, it's like Taxi Driver It's like a little slice of that, 70s yeah. there
2: so And then cool. he went on to direct, like, Karate
1: Kid yeah, he did all the Karate Kids, and we Bill Conti f- goes did, with
2: them. He did the first two. Bill Conti, who did the music for yeah. this, did the music for that. Who's and also, and we, those, that music is amazing. We'll get to
1: Conti, because I think he should be uh, inducted into our Hall of Fame later yeah, and, on, you know, with the stuff he's done. And he did
2: a movie in 1992 with uh, Morgan Freeman and Stephen Dorff called Power the, of One. Power of One, yeah. Which is a little boxing movie. That's actually a really great movie. I haven't seen it in forever. But, um, yeah, but, the, but, r- your, but your point about Stallone is that uh, he wrote this, starred in it, choreographed the fight and this movie was nominated for 10 Academy Awards I think yeah and it won best picture and best director and best editor he was nominated I think for best actor yeah I for know Talia was for best screenplay I think um, uh, Burgess Meredith was nominated for best supporting actor yeah and then there were other technical things now Network came out that year and that kind of yeah, swept, swept a lot of the big ones that they didn't get like the acting awards and whatnot. But um, it won Best Picture, and then he went on and he directed all of them except for five. John G. Avildsen came back, but he wrote and directed two, three, four, and then Rocky Balboa, in uh, which you know was technically the sixth one.
1: Yeah. Um, then Creed is the the
2: latest. And that then Creed's the latest one, which he didn't write or he's just dead. This
1: also in 2006, uh, the screenplay that he wrote uh, was inducted in the Writers Guild of America It's the 78th best screenplay of all time, which is like a huge feat. And on uh, sports movies, it's nominated, Rocky is number two in best sports movies of all time, the first one being Raging Bull. I was going to say what slapshot. Yeah, slapshot. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, what, yeah, it's, I, I, I guess the first one, Raging Bull, very same, and yeah, then yeah. you have Rocky. So that's interesting that it's boxing in the first two. You know, you.
2: well, that's a, there's something about boxing movies. I mean, you think about the, there were boxing movies before this. There was various versions of. Uh,
1: yeah, there's there's some
2: the one what's the one that you
1: oh Requiem for a Heavyweight that Requiem that for uh, Heavyweight. yeah I mean if you guys are in the boxing check out Rod Serling's Requiem for a Heavyweight there's City for Conquest which is a J- James Cagney boxing movie there's a great Kurt uh, Douglas uh, box movie that fr- uh, that escapes in my mind for the fifties. There's always been some quintessential boxing movies as you g- as you go on. Maybe like each generation or each decade. And I think the sixties, r- late fifties, early sixties was the Weck room for heavyweight. The Rod Serling movie. Yeah, they did it. They did a Playhouse ninety TV version with with um, Jack Palance. And then when they they much like they did used to do back then, they take it and then they do it for. Film it for the screen They changed the actors up And uh, you had Jackie Gleason in it You had uh, Anthony Quinn Playing the boxer Who's over the hill Uh, Jackie Gleason Plays the manager And um, uh, Mickey Rooney Plays I think the the trainer in it and it's uh, again it's a darker version of this yeah, where it's yeah. I mean it's
2: you, a it's a beautiful film yeah
1: and at the beginning of the movie he's fighting Cassius Clay and it's all first person it's before Muhammad Ali changed his name and and the end of, it's it, much like a Rod Soiling if you guys are familiar with Twilight Zone it's, it's a very much a Rod Soiling script yeah. where at the last end it's very very uh uh, very sad what happens to turn, but it, yeah. it goes to highlight th- you know the, the 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 plight of these people, and it's that's like the city for conquest, the Cackney movie. At the end of that movie, he's blind and he's like working as like a newsstand boy, and the, the people you know he can't see. He only listens to the fight, so it's like it's always you never really or even Raging Bull, you know. It's like you never yeah. get nothing ever good happens in a boxing movie. Yeah,
2: you know? well, I think there's something uh, there's something intriguing about a uh, boxing story because I think. It's something that, I don't know, there's almost something like mystical about it because it's like we all understand that it exists, but you can't understand like why as a a layman or like a regular moviegoer, like why somebody would put themselves through that kind of punishment. And so it becomes very, it's like a, it's like an oddity that I think we're drawn to as an audience. He's
1: like a modern gladiator. Like, you know, like you're like a, you're like a like a gladiator
2: in modern times where and like bill conti's music in rocky kind of reflects that in a lot of ways yeah it's like, it's like you, fanfare with the trumpets which was always like a signal of like going to war and it's and
1: it's I, I don't i don't understand the human condition but for some reason since the beginning of time people like to be seen someone in a ring either fighting animals each other or whatever usually to the death yeah. we've stopped that some hundred years ago but boxing's turned into kind of that you know now we're getting away and uh, I don't know if it's sadly or better for worse. You know, the mixed martial arts fighting, the MMA, is yeah. is is uh, taking over, and you know, boxing has sadly really lost its its prestige after I think the Tyson era. Yeah. You know, we're now a lot of because when we when you and I were growing up in the '70s and '80s and not early '90s, it's like you know, people knew who the heavyweight champion yeah, was. I mean, Tyson. Tyson those Tyson fights with um with and, for, George Foreman came uh,
2: back and started boxing uh, yeah, again. I mean, when we were young. Yeah,
1: when um. When Don King was promoting Tyson, I mean, those were, like, huge, seeing those fights. And, like, you know, people would pay gazillions of dollars, or even back then you'd get pay-per-view, you'd watch it. And it was always a sham. You'd pay a crap load of money on pay-per-view, and there'd be, like, a half a dozen people on the card until the to the heavy-liner, a uh, headliner. And then uh, Tyson would knock the guy out in, like, the first round. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what was the whole point of it? But it was so prestigious. And nowadays, I couldn't even tell you who. You know, I maybe mean, there's, like, May- Mayweather and certain other people who were into it. Pacquiao, people know. Yeah, yeah. But... It's not anything how it used to be, where people. It used to be an event where people used to like, you know, go to bars or do things together, or this whole, you know, the 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 rumble in the jungle or the you know the yeah. those those huge. Clutch I think it fights. has to
2: do with, you know, why I think it has to do with the same reasons why like the finale for Mash. And oh, so yeah. many viewers. You, there was just like less captive audience. Yeah. You yeah. Had, you there had was less like less options. Yeah. And now we have like mixed martial arts and even to a certain extent like you know professional wrestling has become so much was becoming a huge spectacle in the 80s but hasn't you know became like something completely different I'm a huge
1: fan of the uh, 2007 8 movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke yeah and look at that that's a very sad story of again an aging fighter who you know?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, these are guys that put themselves through hell yeah, they're, to in, get by, and
1: usually, I mean, the stories like this, especially with the Stallone-written uh, movie, it's like he's a nice guy, uh, and he may not be the smartest guy in the world, but he has a heart of gold. And then it's just like the world takes advantage of him, or he gets fall, you know, they he falls to the wayside, and it's like you know, and we we find uh, not to. Move the cast along, but like you know you f- the beginning of the movie, you know Rocky is he's just you know he's he's fighting as much as he can, he's not really making much, he's, no. you know he won
2: the fight and ends up winning like 40 bucks, yeah, i
1: mean he gets sixty five after all the fees and all that from the the place and the locker he gets forty bucks, one can I fight uh maybe two weeks call me, so what is he doing on the side he's working for joe spinel as as uh as a loan shark he, to get people to pay mo- debts but then he's not even a good loan shark because he has a heart of gold he doesn't want to go
2: <laughs> he doesn't want to break some guy's thumb yeah, for a couple of bucks
1: and it's funny and you know and, and he could be a real dick and be it he could probably be yeah. a lot better than he you, know. and he you
2: know he puts up that front and he's like look i'm not emotionally involved <laughs> exactly you know? it's very funny you know and he's like, like you, you know you want to dance you gotta pay the band you want to you know yeah
1: and, and and he's right it's responsibility and, and it's it's funny a lot of times some of the. Best words of wisdom come from people like Rocky or those yeah, kind of yeah. characters because they understand life maybe from a completely different specter, like Paulie, Bert Br- yeah, uh, yeah. Young, Br- Young, yeah. Young's character, which is sad for me too. So,
2: before, before we dive like totally oh, yeah. into how this, did you I let got me? I gotta talk, we, uh, we should talk about our relationships with Rocky because this is a movie that for me has been an important part of my life for as long as I can remember. I grew up in Philadelphia,
1: as, as long as I've known you. The first day I knew you, you're like, I like Rocky, and you put the poster <laughs> on the wall. That was it. Stallone and I like Rocky. Now,
2: I'll try to make this short because there's so much to talk about. But basically, I grew up in Philadelphia until I was nine or ten, and then my mom remarried and we moved up to Albany. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Now, Rocky was a big thing, and I remember my dad taking us to see Rocky Four and Rocky Five. Those were
1: huge. I mean, like I think like Rocky Three, I mean four even like...
2: Five, which isn't very good. Yeah. By it was... Like people were Purist. on their feet yeah. like cheering in the movie theater. Like I remember it it's like the only time it was the first time I ever experienced anything like that. Wow. Um In five. In five. Wow.
1: Did you see it opening night or anything? Or? I
2: don't I don't think it was opening night, but it was in Philly. Just a magic night. In Philly. <laughs> like, yeah, basically. Yeah. But, um and I remember it was on TV a lot, and even I remember my brother saying like, whenever Rocky, Rocky's on, we gotta watch it kind of thing. And then I moved to Albany, and the Rocky movies, and Rocky, the first one specifically, became like a little uh, memento of home. Yeah. Because I was now in, in like a new place.
1: It definitely showcases the, the the city of Philadelphia as, I like that, like as in Dirty Harry, San Francisco becomes a character. Yeah, Philly is definitely... It's hard to think of Rocky outside of... I mean, you could do it, of course, but it's nice when you have stories that involve the city as a character. Now, I didn't...
2: You know, where I grew up wasn't quite as run down as where Rocky was living. But there's so many uh, places where he's running uh, are very familiar to me. Obviously, the Steps to the Art Museum, um, just as he's running through the city, the Italian Market in South Philadelphia... Uh, Pat Stakes, which uh, is South Street, right? Which is uh, in South Philadelphia. Um, All those things were very familiar to me. So in a way, it was like when I was homesick, being in a new place. I would watch Rocky, and it felt me, you know. Another great Philadelphia movie is Blowout. Okay, by De Palma, with John Travolta. With John Travolta. But I didn't know that. At that point, I was so young that like that, you know, that would have been a fucked up movie for me to like. (laughs)
1: Hey, you would have become a great <laughs> sound engineer though, which you're listening for yeah. That's a really that's a movie that no one knows about and I can even readily admit that I didn't really know that much about it until post college. Yeah. You know, going really into the weeds of Topama back when Topama was like making great movies, but every movie was yeah. an homage to Hitchcock.
2: Yeah, well that's my favorite era. The, those are also which is a whole different conversation, which we can get to when we if we ever we hit up with get the to these. it's a very giallo Italian yeah. sensibility of like dress to kill and blow out. But yeah. um or body double too, <coughs> you know. So I mean there are some great movies in Philadelphia. Mannequin takes place in Philadelphia. Philadelphia <laughs> story. You know? <laughs> I know, but you don't really oh, have yeah, to yeah. see Philadelphia. <laughs> I in Philadelphia know, but you story. know. But uh, so that so Mannequins <laughs> Philly? Yeah. Okay, so I always did that in New York. So was but. Rocky was always a big deal to me. So but as you get older, I started to get Rocky three was on TV all the fucking time up in Albany. Yeah. And I knew Rocky Three on TV so well that, like, I knew when the commercial breaks were coming. Yeah. Like, I'd start getting up to use the bathroom, bef- like, 30 seconds. <laughs> before you used to know,
1: I think it was, I forget what Rocky was. You and uh, another friend of mine from my elementary school days, Noel Smythe, was such a Rocky fan that you two were the only people that I know that I think we would, when we were in college together, you and I, we'd put it on, on in Spanish and there was yeah. the beach scenes and maybe Rocky 2 oh, or 3 yeah, and you were <laughs> telling me three, what, you know yeah. what what's happening and you know what what he's saying Rocky's uh, really upset
2: now because you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah 3 well that's the 3 was the one that I knew yeah. I, I like I knew that one by Even heart Even in
1: Spanish you can you could decipher what he's saying
2: And uh, so I started to get I loved Rocky but I had like moved on to like 2 and then Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 He'd become they become much more of a uh cartoon almost. I yeah. mean, they become like, it becomes a totally different series by then. Yeah, it's almost. So now we flash forward.
1: Now was Stallone your guy at that time too? Oh, I always loved Stallone. Yeah, see, I had Eastwood. a Stallone,
2: I had a Stallone collection. Yeah, like, so. I had I had Fist, yeah. I had Lord of Flatbush, <laughs> I had like, my, I had a VHS Oscar. collection that was all like Stallone.
1: You're not going to get the bigger Oscar <laughs> fan than me. I love <laughs> I mean, you Oscar. You
2: are the, you're the biggest Co- Oscar It's such fan. a good movie
1: and it's just got such a raw deal, no pun intended, with Arnold.
2: And, uh, so flash forward decades. Yeah. I'm 30 years old. More. Rocky's 30 in the movie. I'm right around there. Yeah. I'm living in an apartment in New York City uh, by myself. I'm out of work. Just, I'm going for like a really awful time. Worst yeah. time of my life, really. Yeah. A lot of, like a lot of bad shit was going on because of just like circumstances. Um. I wasn't living up to the potential that I thought I was going to. Um,
1: so you're very disillusioned with what you, yeah, what you're
2: looking for. Yeah, like I'm trying to get work, and I'm not getting steady work in television. And you know, we went to school to make movies, and I'm trying to be a musician. And
1: well, that's the biggest s- secret that no one—they don't tell you when you go to film school. They don't tell you how to get a job after. <laughs> that. So they just put you out, and then sadly, over I'd say 60% of us. And of just going home and paying off the student debt, and you get stuck at home in mom's basement or dad's basement. And you get, you, yeah. who, I mean, what's the percentage of people who actually come out of film school? Maybe not our film school, but yeah, like yeah. that get, you know, to end up doing something. You know, no, I, I don't know. You, you don't see, you know. It, it just was, it it's was a tough a, business. It
2: was a weird time. Uh, it was a bad time. And I was really down and out. And I'm flipping through the channels and Turner Classic Movies. Robert Osborne and Al Baldwin are introducing Rocky as like the movie that's coming on and they're talking about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to watch Rocky. I haven't watched Rocky since I was 15 and I watched, I sat down, caught it from the very beginning of the movie. I watched the whole thing and it absolutely rocked my world. Yeah. Watching that movie when you're 30, or thirty-two or whatever, his and pull down and out. Yeah, when you're rocky, before he gets his shot, and watching it when you're fifteen, and you got the rest of your whole life in front of you, and you, you got to go to film school, and you're going to make movies, and it's like a completely different, yeah, experience. And it just hit me in the gut. In the it it was like it hit me in the core. It hit my soul. I'm getting like emotional. Yeah. Well, we we talked
1: about as we get older. (coughs) You and I are. are, uh, We 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 always say we're not shy to say like we cry over everything nowadays. And
2: Rocky, like, and now since then, so that's like seven years ago or so. Uh, I've watched this movie like no less than twenty five times. Yeah. Like in the last seven years, and like we talk about with something like. A completely different kind of movie, but like we talk about with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where you can watch that movie and see things about it.
1: Yeah, I the remake. Yeah,
2: you know, I watched that movie so many times after that because it hit me on such like an emotional and like spiritual level that every time I would see things and we can talk about some of those things um, today, and I would see new things and every. Like, watching it this time, I was, like, more emotional about it than I ever... Like, I get more emotional watching it now. Yeah. Well, because
1: you know why? I think it's because you realize the cost. As you get older, you realize the implications. Like, there's certain movies... You know, I not to go off on a path, uh, but like I can't watch now. I don't think I can ever re watch Cannibal Holocaust now because of you know what I mean? Because it's so gruesome the animals getting killed, yeah. But or, even you know, <coughs> something but
2: I, like pulp fiction is like for completely different reasons. Like, I don't know if I'll ever
1: watch. Oh, because that. you just, that. yeah, you just
2: wore the <coughs> shit out of it because you wore was shit out era, of it you was know, like you had a different part of your life, yeah. You know? And here's the circumstance where like I'm a different part of my life and it mean so much more to me. Yeah. There's other movies and there's so many movies from college that I feel like I should rewatch because I went to see a screening of uh, Truffaut's 400 Blows yeah. a few years back and I hadn't seen it since film school. And and I loved I liked it in film school. It was my favorite film that we watched during the French New Wave yeah. class. Yeah. semester. But I just it like as an adult, yeah, watching that movie was so much different than watching it as like a 20-year-old. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it was just a whole different experience and so rocky did that for me and it it's just just we well, yeah, i guess as you get older you just yeah you, you, you bring you have you more bring your life, life experience, experience yeah to, you realize
1: the implications of stuff like you know um, all kinds of you know i, I yeah I, it's just I, it's it and it's really I wonder if it's if it's. I guess you can do it with music too. But it's just telling how powerful the the art of filmmaking or cinema is. That you know that happens. You can stay away from a movie for twenty years, rewatch yeah. it, and it's just it a whole some- other it angle means of it. Something
2: totally different. Yeah, to you.
1: It, you know, especially if you grew up watching it, like you knew it like wallpaper. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, 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 and it it's was crazy. Just, It
2: was really interesting to see it, uh, not having watched the first one. I, of course, I had watched three and four, whatever, you know, there, there became a time where the first Rocky wasn't being played on television that much anymore. Yeah. But, the other ones did. I yeah, played four, like yeah. every other week. Yeah. Even well, more, even when we were in college, four was on all four time. Four became the
1: pinnacle of like eighties. Uh, like we just brought up in the in the Chuck Norris uh, Evasion USA cast. In eighty five, yeah. it was like you know Cobra, Rambo. Uh, that's in, in that inch. It's all Stallone. You know, what I mean like you know Rocky. Rocky Four was like yeah. you know was just as big as like anything against the the USSR at the time. So you know.
2: Now, so before we get into like what I feel is the brilliance of this movie, like what what's your relationship with Rocky? Because I know you're obviously you were never as big of a no, I'm fan s- of it. I, I was, was never really a huge <coughs> sports
1: fan growing up. I played baseball. Uh, I love baseball. But still to this day, I don't really watch anything religiously. Um, so Rocky I'd, I'd seen, but I, I never saw it on, um, I guess, in circulation as much as you had. You know, I I went to other movies and then like you know I I jumped on the Clint Eastwood's band Rat Wagon, so I watched a lot of his stuff. But yeah. uh, certainly Stallone, you know, Rambo held a, a sweeter place in my heart. Yeah, and yeah. Then well, his, First Blood is another. You know, another well, I, I mean, one. you can look Amazing at First movie. Blood. <coughs> uh, almost John Looks Rambo is totally underrated. You know, is 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 almost sad of a character as as Roberto Balboa. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, yeah. it's just these these sad characters and. You know, you're right. Stallone doesn't get the 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 well, maybe he does now, but certain people who there was
2: didn't. a long time where he didn't get its
1: due. Yeah, well, because p- um, well, like, people when, don't realize like when
2: Copland came out, people were like, "Oh, he's so good," and it's like, he is good in Copland. Yeah, but he, you know, I, I wasn't as surprised because yeah. I because he's he is well, one, he's amazing in Rocky, but I think people think he's not acting in Rocky, which yeah. he is, but I think there's a
1: there's a way of, like, or...
2: there's a way of not, yeah, like, he's just being himself, which is not true. He's playing a character. Um, but First Blood, he's amazing. Yeah, he's sad. He's, he's fantastic. I was
1: crying when I rewatched. I, we, but he re-watched, loses
2: his shit at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, that whole
1: thing with him about Jimmy and his freaking uh, shine box. Nothing and, is over.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so
1: sad. And it's just like, you know, you're right. When you when you, when you you put on your adult hat and you watch things, it's, it's, it's in a
2: different yeah. context. And, of course, so, you know. You know, that's an era, like it would have meant something different to our parents than it did us, and yeah. it does us now because, yeah. You know, I mean, we, if you we imagine, were...
1: like, you know, you're a vet, a Vietnam vet, sitting in there in that theater, and yeah. you're seeing you're hearing that monologue about Agent Orange and all that, and you know, and, and especially vets who weren't being treated right when they got home, and all that kind of bullshit. So, yeah. anyway, to answer your question, so yeah, Rocky wasn't a big connection to me, but I knew people like yourself who just. You know, it was religious to them, that series. They they, they loved boxing. I don't feel so much you are as big of a boxing fan. No, it's not
2: about the boxing. boxing
1: I know people who are big boxing fans, and then Rocky's their shit. And then they had sadly hadn't heard of the other earlier movies. I mean, I grew up playing
2: sports, so the the idea of the sport aspect of it, I, I was a big, you know, in a way, even though I was like a reluctant jock in high school, I would say that... I was a, I was a very active athlete for the school. I was the assistant captain of my hockey team, which was, you know, varsity hockey team and stuff like that. So even though I didn't boxing wasn't my thing. The idea of sports and and competition and which I'm like the least competitive person. I know. You mm. know, like it's I'm not even interested in like games aren't even that fun because it's like a, to me like winning's not important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the idea of for me even when I played hockey it was about it wasn't so much about, like, beating the other team. It was about seeing – doing my best.
1: For yourself. Yeah. As opposed like, to – Like, that
2: was my goal was to, yeah, I want to do the best I can do. Not so much – it wasn't about, like, winning – or where it's like, can I do my best? And and so in that relation, in that way, I, re- I relate to a lot of, ho- of sports movies like yeah. Rocky
1: and, and Slapshot and, you know, and you've always said to me, which I found interesting is that like, you know, you find a lot not to get too f- philosophical and philosophize, but about a lot of people's problems are the, 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 the you know, what children are put through the, 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 the oh, yeah, of, yeah. of being, a, you know, a sports parent, you know, and having their, you know, their kids emotions completely destroyed because the fathers or the mothers living their vicariously through the kids career and like yeah, you know yeah. I always find that a, a beautiful example of that in the original Bad News Bears movie where um uh you know there's that part where the other side of the other team Vic Morrow is the father of the other team and uh, he starts like chastising his son yeah. in front of everybody and
2: I would witness <laughs> things like
1: that yeah and, and Walter Matthon everybody stops and it's like you know it's just and it's really like and that you're right that is that's Certainly, they, they I think they put a reality show on a couple of years ago. I forget what it was, like the the, the t- little teeny gladiators, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah. or you know, and it's it's sad that people can't realize, and, and I think that fucks people up as they grow up, that they're just institutionalized, that they have to succeed, they have to be competitive. It's a game. They're well, going to you know, win. It's a
2: weird catch twenty two, and uh, you know, it's a it's a tangent that we should get off of so we can yeah. talk about the movie. But it is that weird, you know, catch twenty two in that. You have like, there's all this shit about like every kid gets a,
1: oh a trophy now. Yeah, there's no yeah. strikes anymore,
2: yeah. and every kid gets a trophy, and it's like this like softening on a generation. But at the same time, there's this other end of the spectrum where like kids cry when they strike out because they feel like it is the end of the world because their parents make them feel that way about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, It's
2: like there's a, there's got to be like a happy medium where you can where kids can be competitive, but it's not, yeah, to excess. But that's a yeah. whole different. Uh, but so when we talk about bad news when we do bad news when bears. When we do the bad news bears
1: cast, but <laughs> so we can get we can get into the ramifications of evil Vic Morrow in that movie. So this uh then when I when we come to college, so that got you into Stallone and then yeah. you liked everything Stallone. Then when I got into college that was you know, that was your thing. We had a picture of Rocky up on the wall, yeah. and uh, you even, you, I'm sure you're conscious of this, but you used to style your clothes after Rocky with the with the <laughs> hey, there was with the leather jacket, you know, <laughs> and, and, like and, and the hat, you know, and like that. And, I, and and I even wrote down on my notes, like, this is you know, where. Rocky slash Blake got their clothes. That that was the coat, you know. That's true. That that style. Although that
2: leather coat came from you, I think. Not that I got it from you. Yeah. But like you and your dad had coats like that. Yeah, and we used that's to wear leathers. I ended up getting a leather coat like that. And That was an arrow though for you.
1: <laughs> you know that in that plastic bag, which is a whole other story. When you used yeah, to yeah. throw up because you had your uh, your throat. <laughs>
2: There was a there was a time there where I was ill for a long time. Yeah, because you you would,
1: you would, he, had, he had cut his throat and then it never healed. So every morning the acid. So it doesn't sound like you have it, like anemia or anything like that. Or, yeah, you know. it was a, it was a bad time. Yeah, which is hilarious. That was another bad time. Yeah, we digress.
2: But so uh, yeah, S- so S- Rocky.
1: So Rocky he so Stallone ends up uh, showing it to 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 uh, Irvin, uh Winkler and Robert uh, uh, Chartoff
2: yeah and he's the one that he talked
1: to in in the casting session he was going for an open casting call uh and this is i've known this story since i was five my father's always told me this stallone they they bought the script they didn't want stallone to be in it and this is always i don't
2: know if it was so much them it was united artists who was gonna actually whoever
1: the big the 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 the, the big daddy was they didn't want stallone in it and this has always been like almost the for me, from where I grew up, this is even more famous than Rocky the movie, was that this is – you hold your guns. It's like the Orson Welles, you know, getting freaking uh, Citizen Kane made. You know, you hold your guns, you hold your guns, and at what point do you say – you know, I, I never heard of someone who held their guns and it didn't happen. And that's like, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of that in the world. But Sloan wanted to be the lead. They didn't want to. They didn't want to give it to him, and he kept. They holding were willing
2: out. to make it a big budget movie if they could get a big budget star for it.
1: They, then they they were looking at Burt Reynolds. They were looking at um, uh, Ryan O'Neill at the time. They were looking at uh, James Caan. A lot of the big the big guys of the '70s, maybe even Warren Beatty. Uh, they first offered Stallone twenty five thousand for the script. He he said uh, no. He, they, they kept egging him up. They were up to like 350000 yeah. three hundred fifty,
2: three hundred fifty
1: thousand. If was, he would
2: just sell the script, just give him the script. And for a guy that is like you're saying,
1: he's, I mean, he, he had a hundred dollars in his bank account. If not, he's sleeping from you know thing to thing. He's a struggling actor. You know, he's not getting anywhere.
2: I mean, this would this would be something that could come up later in the in in this discussion. But just to give you an example, there's a there is a common misconception, huge misconception with this movie, which is the training and drinking the raw eggs. Yeah. That has become a thing that when you're training raw eggs for some reason for the protein, I guess. Is 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 like a, is a is a training food. The actual story behind that in the movie actually doesn't have anything to do with the boxing training. Yeah. It's that Rocky's poor. When Stallone was poor, he lived in a, you know, when he had a place to live, it was a tiny apartment, small. Yeah, like not actually very far from here, close to where I used to live, somewhere like in Hell's Kitchen. And he'd
1: say he can sit on his bed, he can open his window and touch the front door at the same time. It was like it was like
2: almost like the Blues
1: Brothers, part. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, where they yeah. have like a Bunsen burner they're using like on a, with a coat hanger. He's
2: living in like, a he's living in this tiny little room, so it's a tiny little room, so he doesn't have a. Teacher. You're right.
1: It's not even an apartment; it's a room, and I bet you he didn't even have a bathroom. He probably it was like one of those old yeah, places probably where it was like a boarding house. Yeah, like you have to go to a hall. A, yeah, and yeah, there's, there's probably there. a phone in the hallway,
2: you know. Because he couldn't, uh, he didn't have a refrigerator. He didn't have a stove. So what he would do is he'd buy groceries, and in the winter, and when it was or when it was cool outside, he'd leave them like on the fire escape. Yeah, because it'd be cold out. It would be chilly out. Now, how he didn't get like food poisoning or anything? Who is this? It's the seventies. So the idea of the eggs was Stallone used to do this in real life. Was he thought well, like people eat eggs for breakfast. It's got protein. It's got nutrition. What does it matter if you cook them or not? Yeah, so he would buy eggs, he'd leave them on the oh, fireplace, see? and he would just eat that in the and that would be his breakfast. Was he was having eggs for breakfast, but he couldn't cook them, so he he just drank them raw. See, I guess the
1: misconception would be because people who are either trying to you know gain muscle mass and all that, you but eat the hybrid, was protein. always
2: very much into yeah.
1: physical fit. So I would think of someone in the Rocky Balboa character where he say he can't. Um, you know, he can't afford to go get steaks or meats, then that was the substitute. You yeah. You're just chugging, you know, the protein in the but eggs. But it's because... He does like five eggs, I think, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Or four eggs. or six. Jeez. But uh, it, it's because Rocky doesn't have a stove yeah, yeah, to cook the eggs. That's why Rocky does it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has the protein for breakfast. Yeah. But the fact that the raw has to do with the fact that so he can't...
1: He's fr- destitute. Yeah, that yeah. he
2: can't cook eggs. Yeah. So that's... A, but that's like just to show you, like, for a guy who lives in a room... Where he doesn't have a refrigerator or stove, he has to eat raw eggs for breakfast so that he has breakfast. $350 for a script.
1: $350,000. $350,000
2: for script. In, to turn
1: it down. In in early 70s. That's not even today's
2: money. That's, you know, that's when a dollar was worth a dollar.
1: Yeah, I mean, a <laughs> $350,000, you would think probably would be close to, like, say... Uh, Maybe five, I don't know, like maybe like ten, ten, fifteen million dollars nowadays. Yeah,
2: I don't know if it's that much, but it's certainly.
1: I mean, it's more than a million, I would yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe it's like five, ten million. I mean, it's a, it's a shitload of money. So he, what he ends up doing is he he um, they agree to to cast him uh, reluctantly after everything is said and done, but on the condition that Stallone will continue work as a writer without a fee, and that he would work as an actor for scale. Yeah. So I mean, and the
2: budget of the movie was going to be a lot lower than they would have yeah they school.
1: were going to give it they were going to make the movie for two million and because of that the United Artists chopped it in half gave it to a million and then the stipulation was the two producers uh, Winkler and Chartoff and if it went over a million they had to cover it and I think the movie went over a million by two hundred thousand yeah. dollars and they both had to mortgage their house for you know and f- funny note when we were looking into this that the, the thing that cost the most money on the film was the makeup Makeup yeah. effects, and which I think are phenomenal in this movie. Oh yeah, you Michael, know, because uh, I was trying to look at um, Burgess Meredith, and I can't tell if he's just old or if they really messed
2: his they face. They really up. messed up his nose, and he's got cauliflower ears. Yeah, I noticed that. And, uh, Michael Westmore um, later became a big Star Trek Next Generation uh, guy. He his his daughter Mackenzie Westmore is the host of uh, Sci Fi's Face Off, which is a ma- oh, makeup yeah. competition okay. show, yeah. and now he's an advisor on that show. Oh. But uh, way before he was doing Star Trek Next Generation he's doing Rocky and before he was doing face yeah. <laughs> Michael Westmore was doing uh, and even Rocky has make Stallone wears makeup through the whole movie his, oh uh,
1: is his eyebrows his and all. eyebrows are, yeah, are beat are, up are beat up because he the, talks about the nose not being broken from, from years it. of
2: being uh, so he be, he's wearing little prosthetics with the entire movie
1: uh, before we get too far away from the uh, supposed inspiration the Chuck Webner-Muhammad Ali fight was the 24th of March, 1975. So that's pretty close to when the movie came out, yeah. the, the, the time frame of him getting the inspiration to writing it. And there is a great documentary, I think it's on Netflix streaming, called The Real Rocky Balboa, if anybody wants to go and Look up this guy, Chuck Chuck Webner, and see the similarities between the, Rocky yeah, it and the is, character. Yeah, I've seen it. It's it is yeah. and it's only like
2: 50 minutes, I think. It's it's, it's one just... of those like ESPN. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: on that. So uh, then they start looking to, to cast the the, the 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 plate of actors, and they look at um, Lee Strasberg as freaking uh, as Mickey's character, and, and Lee Strasberg who's like the one of the. Uh, greatest some, in some people's opinions acting teachers yeah, of all yeah. time he wanted his, he wanted too high of a fee which is kind of a, yeah. a joke in itself there and Sloan really wanted Lee J. Cobb who I, I'm a huge fan of Lee J. Cobb which is interesting because Lee J. Cobb is an actor who I think some people uh, will know he's in uh, 12 Angry Men he's in uh, Eastwood movie called Coogan's Bluff but he's in also the Exorcist He's in. Is he? Who is he playing? The
2: actress? he's like the cop or something. He's like the cop. oh, okay, yeah, he's yeah, like the detective investigating.
1: What's uh, going on. His big thing. He's uh, in on the waterfront as well. He's the guy that I think Brando gets. I mean, into he's the big amazing. I mean, yeah.
2: he's he's a great actor. He's so, such a great character actor. Very intense. Yeah, and uh, would've, it would have been a really interesting performance. Yeah, and I, and I, th- I, don't, I don't, I think but he, he didn't died- not want audition yeah it's so a lot of people you, you, he, you he refused to audition and burgess meredith was happy to audition <laughs> god bless burgess <laughs> meredith
1: you know what i mean and, and you look at him he's just like a like a nice you know like small oh, guy by all accounts, i mean you, you never know? hear anything bad about him but uh and then they wanted the, john borman who was huge at the time deliverance uh point blank um i can't think of uh, hell in the pacific they want they asked him to direct he didn't want to direct it he said no thank you um um the other actress's name who i i forget that they wanted to have her as adrian and she got into a, uh, a money dispute so she backed out uh the whole carl weathers thing where carl weathers they were looking to get um some real people at the time to uh to to, to be um they wanted well first of all they wanted harvey keitel to play paulie yeah. and harvey keitel wouldn't do it um they wanted to try to get some real boxers to 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 to, to be in it but uh you know to, to play the Roles and they they had um, I forget the uh, the uh, the guy's name. They actually wanted to get in it, and he almost Carrie uh, Snuggrass, Snuggrass, Snuggrass. You know, if you saw her, she was the one that was offered the role for Adrian, but she dropped out because there was a. Of uh, uh, some sort of dispute with money, um, they wanted Kenny Norton to play um, Apollo Creed in it, but the problem was Kenny Norton weighed 230 pounds, so it would've, he would have dwarfed Stallone in the yeah. ring in the long shots. Yeah, so they end up going with Carl Weathers, but they—you you of course know the Carl Weathers story where they where they.
2: Well, I know Carl Weathers was a football player. He he went to college for, for theater, became a professional football player, I think for the Oakland Raiders. And then when he st- when his career stopped or ended he decided he was going to pursue acting which is what he always wanted to do and he went in for an audition and they asked him to re- do the scene with Stallone with the writer
1: yeah they started they started uh, they started like uh, sparring kind of like just throwing jazz but first at he
2: says uh, well he this, hit Stallone in the face like twice yeah. and Stallone's like why whoa you know like you hit me twice. And then he's like, well, can we get like a real actor in here to do the lines with me? And they're like, well, this is the guy that's going to be here. But just like his kind of his attitude. I mean, he's great. Here's the thing about it. The the low budget, I would say, you know, we talk about a perfect, perfect scripts, perfect movies. And, and to me, my personal opinion is this movie is pretty damn close in my, uh, to being to being perfect. And the only things I would in my personal opinion the only things I would say are flawed about it are things that are because the budget is so low um, you know having to reverse the shot on the stairs because they only shot it you know panning out uh, zooming out instead of zooming in they needed it zooming in so they had to reverse the shot <laughs> yeah you know there's just it's real there's, little, there's little, little things where like it was they had restrictions of how much they could shoot which I think worked out Beautifully, in a, in some ways, and I, I'll talk. I can point out. I'll point out specific shots. But those are the only things that I think are really wrong with this movie. In a way, like the fact that Stallone fought for it, the fact that the budget was so low, the fact that these actors didn't want to do it or couldn't do it, it was like all a blessing. Yeah, all the big things Because like, I no. don't feel like
1: it would have been the same. Anything.
2: Kind of a- I don't think you could have made this movie better. I think Talia Shire, who you know is not she's, she never had like a huge career I mean yeah. she's plays Connie in the because her brother's Francis Ford Coppola, and she's she, she she's fantastic in this.
1: Well, she was looking a way to get out. Well, to finish the Apollo Creed, the Carl Weathers. So they say to him, like, well, this is the guy you're going to be acting with. And he's like, well, he better get better, <laughs> you know. And yeah, then Stallone, yeah. me, I would have had him leave. But Stallone's like, okay, so that's how he gets casted. And yeah, and Talia Shire wanted to uh, try to get out of the shadow of her brother, Francis Ford Coppola, and she'd been in The Godfather. And it's interesting to note that in three years, she's in Oscar-winning films: Godfather, Godfather Two, and God and. Uh, Rocky and as is Spinell, yeah. we get to Joe Spinell. He's also in the three of them that, that in three years they get three Oscar. That you know. same
2: year, Spinell's also in the Taxi Driver.
1: Yeah, I mean because Sp- he's 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 got this, uh, the the um, Stallone connection. So they hi- they hire T- uh, Talia Shire and who's sick at the time? She's got the flu, so that's why they say like her her, her performance is somewhat subdued is because she's sick as a dog and she doesn't want to get near Stallone and get him sick. And that's the scene where she's trying he's trying to kiss her and she doesn't want to because she's <laughs> to sick. And, and then and
2: Burt Young. Bert, you know, it's and Bert, Bert Young is like amazing. He, he is Pauly.
1: Yeah, he makes the movie. They originally were gonna have it be uh, uh, Talia Shire Adrian's was gonna be a Jewish uh, family instead of Italian. So the role of Pauly was gonna be like a Jewish mother. Then they changed the Jewish mother into like the Italian brother, and then like I said, Harvey Keitel. They finally got uh, Burt Young, and Burt Young is I think is great. And it's like, I don't know if you want to love or hate Burt Young in the well, movie. Well, that's the beauty of that's you know? how
2: good he is in it. You know, because you're is like that he he's is a,
1: awful. He's a dick, but then at the same time, when he has his blowouts and he says stuff, you kind of get a understanding of where he's coming from. Where he's like, you know, I haven't I haven't done anything, you know all my life i've been taking well, care that's, of you that's
2: kind of the beautiful thing about this movie it's like yes we see rocky he's 30 years old never had a shot he says to Mick, like well where were you 10 years ago you know like you're here now but where the fuck were you when i needed it? He's like well if you need my help you should have asked." he's like i asked but you weren't ready you know you yeah. didn't listen to me this movie they're all rocky
1: yeah exactly <laughs> that's they, it, it represents the entire underclass of people who who lower income or whatever that you're just in that job and you just they're you know. all
2: people that didn't live up to the potential that they yeah
1: for whatever reason if if they they never knew they had it or just because they tried like rocky and they just and got stuck that,
2: in it. because that and i think that's why it's so love yeah because because we all identify with and it. it's
1: interesting and that you get a character study of three people in the movie i mean rocky is profiled but you have the character study of of adrian who's now she's you know everyone says she's yeah you know she's getting old she's going to become a um you know, some nurses, uh, an old maid. You, you know, you don't have a good body, so you better use, you your, know, her, mind. use your mind. The brothers <laughs> even mean For to her. I mean,
2: it's one of those like it's one of those also one of those weird circumstances. Like we'll make her ugly by giving her glasses, but Temple Shire is beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> and she looks great with those glasses. especially when he takes off the hat and you take off those glasses. You're like, oh my god, yeah, there is like this gem. There's like this diamond in the rough, right there. Yeah, here. and uh, it's beautiful.
1: And it's it's so it's you you get a profile of the whole. Like a sliver, which I guess you can transpose any place else of these of this working class situation. I mean, um, and the whole frustrations were. I mean, Paulie's drinking all the freaking time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, interesting that I guess he the whole reason why he wants to get a job with Joe Spinell uh, uh, Gazzo
2: yeah.
1: is because he wants to get out of the freezers. And I guess it's not really put in as much as that. Um, he his his Baxter he created was that he has arthritis and that you know and it's hurting his joints. And he what he used to do. Uh, prior to each take, was he pour turpentine on his hands? I don't know what that would do, but that's some freaking uh, character development right there. Or, yeah. You know, to get him to, to to just feel like he has arthritis. So, and then we have the great Joe Spinell, Joe Spinell playing Gazzo. Gazzo was supposed to originally be in the script Stallone's older brother but then they said uh the director said it will be too close to again on the waterfront
2: they, so he becomes a lone shark yeah that be, Rocky works for but right? was he
1: gonna be a lone shark older brother anyway like he may be being the mom that kind of a oh, thing maybe I don't you know? know but then and then Spinell uh, who we love wholeheartedly at this, at this at the uh Saturn movie sleepovers <laughs> he wanted to he insisted that the name be uh Gazzo because he had an uh, a distant uncle who was I guess a Gazzo who would you know, who maybe was a lone shark. And I think he has a great role. We were talking prior to this about it. He's really a nice guy in this movie. Yeah, he's not a dick it, at he's all. He's
2: not. I mean, he gets, there's a, there's a speech that we'll, we'll talk about where Rocky's talking to little Marie. And it's about, he's saying, like, don't hang out with, uh, if you hang out with dopes, you're going to, you know, everybody's going, you're going to become a dope. People are going to, they're not going to, in the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's this girl, and she's going, I'm going to use a bad word. She was a whore. Yeah. And, you know, and all this stuff. He, and he's trying to teach this little girl who's hanging out with a bunch of, like, older kids at the, at the hoagie shop. Who's got a foul mouth on her, trying to smoke a cigarette? I mean, she's got to be what? How old do you I think don't she know, is? 13, 14 maybe, <laughs> yeah. or younger. So he's going to walk her home. He asks her about her brother. So he, you know, and you get the sense that he knows her brother, and that's how he knows her. And he's going to walk her home. And he's given her this speech, that's like, you know, you don't hang out with them, and it's all these things like, who you hang out with is what you're going to become. You hang out with smart kids, you're going to become a smart kid. You be hanging with this, and then he, and then he says like. You know, at the, you know, and then when you grow up, you're not going to be able to get married because nobody's going to care about who you are. They're going to think about your reputation. Yeah, and it's really
1: a nice. You think about in that scene, Rocky's really trying to do like good, and he doesn't need to.
2: Yeah, no, he doesn't know? need to. It's a heartwarming scene. It's a scene that United Artists wanted to cut out cut out of the movie. John G. Ableton was like, "No, this is like, this is why we love Rocky. Yeah, it's because he'll do this." But at the same time, he's giving her this speech. Rocky's talking about himself. Yeah and he's talking about everybody else in the movie but he's talking he's telling me in the speech it's like he hangs out with loan sharks you know he he never finished school you know he he's giving the speech but he's really talking about himself so when she's like screw off creepo yeah it's like the it's like a slap in the face cuz it's like
1: yeah, there's no, there's no one's ever gonna, you know, it's like a thankless job. You tried to do good, she says, "Fuck off" or whatever. You know, screw off, creepo, and then it's just like, why bother? And then it's like even Saturday, he's just walking home like. And oh.
2: even you know, he goes to Mick and he says, "Why you always give me a hard time?" Mick's like, "You don't want to know."
1: Yeah, you want to know? And it's, and, that's and a funny. He, you,
2: but do you want? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I want to know." And everybody stops, and he's like, "Because you could have been great." Yeah. And instead, you're a yeah, debt f- collector for for some two bit yeah uh, loan, loan shark. shark. And so, like that speech is like that's why I bring it up with like Spinell. It's like Spinell's really a good guy. Spinell's, but it's like this reputation, yeah, of like what a loan shark is and everything, and and kind of precedes him. And that's and Rocky gets caught up in it because, you know. Gazo gives him money to take Adrian out. He's like, "Oh, this girl, you're going out. How do you know all He's like, I, I, "You know, yeah, I, hear I know things. things. <laughs> I know <that. laughs> I, hear things, I mean, Mark. he's
1: nice. His 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 driver's a dick. You would think that he would be the driver's character, you know, or he's like, yeah, "Fuck yeah. you, whatever." But he's he's giving him pointers. He's telling him even he's even covering for him when Rocky is is not man enough or doesn't have the heart or has the heart he doesn't want to break the guy's thumbs he's saying like look you you you're now you're embarrassing me it's my you know and he's he's making excuses for him and yeah. i i have nothing but admiration for him for Spinell in this movie, how gives great! Gives him they're, they're like
2: five hundred dollars that he doesn't
1: for, want back for like,
2: training. Yeah, he's like here, he take her out. Here's you know that when they have that. He's at their wedding in two.
1: Yeah, and he comes to the fight at the end, and I guess they cut out, but he put like three grand on Rocky to win. Supposedly that gets cut in the first film. So, you know, Spinell is like a really good guy in this and he doesn't really lean on Rocky. You would think he'd be like the dick that would it would give Rocky you know more you know uh, ammunition to want to get out of that, but well, he's a real p- nice guy. It's all
2: part of you know when I say this movie. Is, is like perfection is like the, all that casting we're talking about. It's a wonderful script. John G. Avilson does a wonderful job directing it. Yeah. It's beautifully shot. Um, And then it's all those little things like that scene with little Marie or like the drive, or like Joe Spinell's driver being such an asshole. It's like such a, it's such a, like a weird little thing that gives so like much depth to the movie that's like it's throwaway. It doesn't advance the story at all. But what it shows is that, like, Rocky is in a world where there's not a lot of heart. You know, there are a lot of. He's, so spinel tells us, he's like, Rocky, some people hate just because they got to hate. Yeah. You know, and
1: Tony s- Gazzo.
2: And we see that Rocky, you know, this whole time we're building up that there's there's this big, like, galoot named Rocky Balbo who is like all heart <laughs> and that's not <laughs> like a th- that's something
1: in this world that sadly you know people don't care about it. they're dime a dozen you know
2: and uh, you're just the wit and like and there's just so much good about this and we,
1: we, uh they ha- before we get off of it too Cher also auditioned for Adrian as well as Susan Sarandon and they said Susan Sarandon was too good looking no, they didn't the give it to him, yeah. A hot piece of Yeah, and it was probably because she was still, would, yeah, <laughs> nineteen seventy. She sense. had the association because she was in Joe, well, you yeah. know, the director. So uh, you know, so it, it, yeah, it all came to fruition in this little. And, and it's and originally
2: John G. Evanson didn't want to direct it because he's like, I don't want to direct a boxing movie. Yeah, because he would never. They're just like, just read the script, and then he says, "Is like, I open up the sc- I open up the script, and the first scene is this guy." It's really the second scene, but he's like this this guy talking to his turtles.
1: Yeah, Uh, a cuff and link.
2: And that's the other thing. It's like that's another thing that's just so. It's just so such a beautiful movie, you know. And and it's like he's 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 reciting, he's telling, he's 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 rehearsing this joke. That he's that we don't know what it is. He's rehearsing this thing. He's like you know, there's more flies than moss, and 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 we don't know what he's talking about, and we see a picture of him on the of when he's little yeah. and was, he's like, we're setting up like this world and he lives in this And you also get the apartment. feeling
1: that it's like, we talk about a lot, one of those big themes with adults who are big kids where like he still, you know, looks back on those years as a child, how much easier it was as a child because he picks up that picture of him and he looks yeah. at this as himself and that's like almost going into like, you know, he back in when times were easier when you're little yeah. for a lot of people and you don't realize until you get older what you had until you have it lost, you know. If you were able to have a childhood like that he's um, he
2: is he's at the end of his rope, really,
1: and I and, wonder do you think that it this is one of these movies where uh uh you only know now Monday morning quarterbacking, but the detriment of having such a low budget was not wasn't didn't impede it but actually helped it, you know
2: yeah, well, that's you know I want to make a point where I said the things i have- uh, the issues I have with it are little things that have to do with the budget, but there's so many great things about it that probably wouldn't have been that way because of the low budget. Just the way things are shot, one of my f- one of my favorite scenes in the movie, possibly the best scene in the movie, it's when Mickey comes to his apartment to ask him. Now, do you think
1: in that scene, is Mickey being honest with him? Do you think Mickey's looking to put his hand out like, hey, look, you have a chance. I want to ride your coattails. Or do you think... Because Mickey's such a dick to him in the scenes prior, especially when he gives his locker to... I, I think the guy's name is... Is Dipper? Yeah. Do we you we know Dipper because Dipper is uh, Stan Shaw. Mm-hmm. Stan Shaw is the gentleman who plays the African American cop in Mods, uh, Monster Squad. Yes. Yes. As well as funny enough, he's in Harlem Knights. He plays a stuttering boxer where he's like, I- I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock him to. The, and the, when the he the comes over out. and he's talking
2: around, he talks to Mickey and he's like, you know, uh, you put my, you put my stuff on Skid Row and because like, I gave it to Dipper. And as he's walking away, he goes, hey, uh, dig your locker, man. Oh, yeah. And then you hear, as he's walking away off camera, you hear Mickey goes, ah, <laughs> dig his locker. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mickey, Mickey thinks it's hilarious.
1: So later on, when he comes to, he goes to Rocky's house to, to, to try to, he needs a manager. And this is the scene you're talking about where that, yeah. that Stallone's monologue is completely ad-libbed. Uh, do you think he, what do you think of um, Mickey's intentions are, do you know I
2: think you know we find out that mickey thinks that he at one time was had the talent to be great but i think
1: and Mickey also had a career like that, Mickey,
2: too. Mickey comes, and that's part of it. Is he's trying to explain to him and, and, you that know, he had this great career, but how much better his career would have been had he had a manager. And
1: how interesting is it uh, prior to the internet and, and uh, World Wide Web and cell phones and picture phones, everybody has these. Yeah. I love that. They have these little clippings yeah, in, their, yeah. in their hand. okay I got the newspaper you know, clipping. And, and everybody and has. He's
2: got pictures of all his fights and his Every wildlife. boxer
1: must have a picture. Hey, look, did you see I made the fight here? Or or Mickey even takes
2: out like the old 8x10 of what he used to
1: look like in the <laughs> 20s. He's you know, like, You're not taking
2: very good care of that picture.
1: Yeah, so it's like you think about how amazing that you know, th- even, you know, uh, a supposed asshole or a tough guy like Mickey comes off and it's just like they all hold on to that like well, yeah. five I mean, minutes of fame in their pockets forever and they probably, you know, the drinkers or whatever, they open it up and they look at it every night. You know, it's just it's I mean, sad. It's a,
2: it's a sad in, and beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I think Mickey is trying to capitalize on it. Yeah. I think Mickey sees Rocky's got a chance and Mickey wants to, wants a chance to finally, you know, like he, I think he thinks Rocky, we, we, he tells us, he tells Rocky, you had talent. You could have been great, but you weren't great. You, you didn't do it. And I think Mickey is in, in it for himself to a certain extent. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, I mean, Burgess Meredith is so great in the movie, so great in that scene. And, you know, and it, it's so telling. You know, <laughs> Rocky's throwing darts. He doesn't even have a dartboard. He's just throwing them at his bed bathroom yeah. door. I mean, it's like it's heartbreaking. And he wasn't
1: even looking at the pictures of Mickey's taking yeah, yeah. out the, the articles. And he's not even he, making eye contact. he knows. Yeah,
2: you know, Rocky's not stupid. I mean, he's not educated. Yeah, but he's not stupid. He has street smarts, and he knows. He he. Th- it's it's heartbreaking because he can't even. I think he loses a lot of respect for Mickey right there, and he can't even look at him anymore. He walks into the bathroom.
1: Because he knows that Mickey's there for that reason. Yeah. And that kind of, line, yeah.
2: he goes in there, and Mickey is trying to, he's talking to to a closed door. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he, the door closes on him, the bathroom door closes on him, just like, you know, the way Burgess Meredith, just like, he puts his head up against the door. He's like, he's seeing... He had this, there was this bright light of a chance, and he's seeing it passing by all of a sudden. Like, all he had this crappy life, and he had this crappy life of a, of a fighter. And now he sees that not only can he help him, not only can he help this guy who needs help, but he can help himself. I mean, he finally. can redeem almost his life of what he and Rocky doesn't want anything to do with it. And he and he's walking out, and he in thought he touches his head and realizes he doesn't have it, he opens the door. And he reaches, he touches his head and realizes he doesn't have his hat. And he closes the door and grabs his hat and he puts it on. And because the door closed, Rocky thinks he left. And Rocky o- comes out, sees that Mickey's still there, and just goes back in. And it's heartbreaking to yeah. see that, to see Mickey. Because Mickey knows that he knows, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And he's he's almost begging there. He finally leaves, and he's walking down the stairs, and Stallone comes out, and you're saying this improv uh, outburst. It's it's the only time. It's we see it comes out two times that Rocky is scared. Yeah, and comes out at the end of the movie when he's laying with Adrian
1: the night before, which another scene they wanted to cut, which. Sloan for says, could budgetary be the most, reasons could be the most important scene in the he whole says, movie he you can't
2: cut that He can't cut that so He's lays down there's build up to it which I would love to I, we need to talk about when he goes to the spectrum and sees the posters because that is another really important yeah. scene but he comes back and he's laid down with Adrian he says I can't do it he's like he's scared Yeah. he's like no matter what this is it's like ridiculous that they would even put me in the ring with this guy but if I can just go the distance like I don't I'm not going to win there's no way I can win and it's 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 a beautiful scene they did it in one take because Stallone had to beg them he's like L- just one we'll do once but th- this other scene it's like Stallone
1: where, where Stallone's Stallone's yelling, in the bathroom in the outburst Mickey, of the rock, Mickey Mickey walks out Mickey Stallone, walks out walks down the stairs and gets like to the first landing and stops and hears Stallone yelling and he kind of listens yelling
2: he's like and it's all about it's the first time we see that like Stallone knows everything that's going on he yeah. knows that his life is shit he knows that like everything fucking sucks. The where he lives fucking sucks. It's all you know. It's a shithole, uh, and he's he is petrified that Apollo Creed is basically going to kill him in the ring. Yeah, he is scared shitless. Um, and it's absolutely it's 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 beautiful. It's the only time we see Rocky really. Uh, completely open and honest, and it's because he doesn't think anybody's there. <laughs> you know, like he's in—he's yelling it t- to to nobody. He's yelling it at Mickey, but he doesn't even really know that Mickey hears it. You know, he just needs to—he needs to get it out. And then my favorite shot of the entire movie: Mickey comes out. It's on the street. Mickey comes out and he walks down the street into the distance. We see the elevated train in the in the background, and then we see. Rocky come out of the front door and runs over to Mickey.
1: Yeah, stops
2: him. And it's played one shot in the distance. If that was today, there'd be fucking like you know GoPro cams on their hat, and you can
1: you can hear their dialogue. We'd
2: be up in their face and everything. But it's played one long shot. We don't hear what they're saying. You don't need to. But you, you know what they're saying. He said, I'm sorry. He hugs them. They shake hands. You can tell that he's like, I'm really sorry. Yes, I want your help. Thank you for coming. And yes, like, we'll do a shit. Well, he puts his hand out like, this is our deal. Like, you're going to be my manager. Yeah. And there's no doubt in my mind. Like, yes, it's a, it's a beautifully composed shot. And yes, the 70s was an era where things were moved slower. But there's no doubt in my mind that par- partially why that takes place in one long shot, and we don't hear what they're saying, is because they don't have the time or the money to shoot coverage on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't even need to. You're yeah, right. But, but at they, the time, but, they, they do not need budgetary to. restraints. But had they shot coverage on it, that's, that shot would probably not be as strong. Yeah. And they very easily could have got a close-up of Rocky or even just a closer two-shot shot of them like making the deal yeah. but it doesn't need it
1: no not and after that.
2: that's a perfect example as to like things are done in one take and with no coverage because there was just no time and money to to move the camera and do it again yeah. and i think you're right i think th- the movie is better for it in so many circumstances and that's just one uh my other One of my other favorite shots is, you know, the, the promoter, he calls in, he he goes to Mickey, gives, you know, it was like, Mickey wants to see a, a Apollo Creed needs sparring partners. Yeah. So he goes to the office. The one's like, oh, you must be Mr. Balboa, and he wants to keep the card, yeah which of. is just like, so, like, like yeah. a little sentimental, like, this is a big deal for me. I want to keep it. And he walks in, and the promoter, he's like, I just want you to know, I'll be a great sparring partner. I won't take any cheap shots. And the guy's like, I, you don't know why you're here. He's like... Rocky, how would you like to fight the heavyweight for the heavyweight champion? In and he the world? says
1: no. And he's like nah. Yeah. And he's there. He's it's almost like he doesn't have the I don't want to say what has the balls, but he doesn't have the that could be right there. He said sure. And that could be the He says no. Yeah. And he doesn't even have the confidence in himself. That's then, that's what he's been working for his whole life. Yeah. Is like for that moment and then he gets that moment and I think he's just overwhelmed by it. He's like no, I can't. And well, he knows it's you know? ridiculous. But don't you find people like Everyone always says in your life, you have to take risks. Yeah. You know, that, you know, and we learned that from the most famous people for whatever reason in the world. They did it because they took a risk. They trusted themselves. They, they took a leap, whatever, leap of faith. And so many times people get into those situations where it's the most important decision you could probably make in your whole life. And what do they do? Their automatic reaction is to say, no, yeah. I'm not comfortable with it. This is not right. It's, it's you know?
2: scary to be taken out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. And then that happens. And what's his first reaction? No. Because, no. Because, you know.
2: There's a couple of back and forths. And then just before the scene cuts out, we're, like, by the desk, you know, like, over the ass of the promoter. Yeah. A shot of Rocky, and it starts to zoom in.
1: Yeah. And it's, like, one of the only times they've done that.
2: There's, there's like, one or two zooms in the picture. But it zooms in, and it's, like, when Rocky is, like, he's saying no. He's given the biggest chance of his entire life. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but just before... It cuts to the next scene. He looks right at the lens, and it's like...
1: He's breaking the fourth wall almost. Yeah,
2: and he's almost like... What do I do? Like, yeah, like, what am I doing? Or like, holy... Like, f- like, fuck, I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he looks right at you as an audience member. And he's just like... He doesn't say anything. It's just right before it cuts, he looks right down the barrel of the lens. And it's just like... He looks right at you, and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know what you should I do. I don't know,
1: Rocky. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then he he ends up doing it. <laughs> he ends up saying yes, and like you said, to get to the build up, he's he's almost being taken advantage of. Where and that's when he kind of has that outburst at Polly too. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's like, "What do you want from me? Everybody wants something from me." And finally, I'm kind of glad that he comes around with Pauly. He's like, "Yeah, if you want to make money off my name, make money off my yeah, name." Yeah, yeah. You know. But so then you have the local uh, local uh, news people coming that you know they want to watch him work out in the in the meat locker. You yeah. know, he's doing that, and then you see, uh, you know, he's. There's certainly the press conference, the big press conference he has with Carl Weathers, where there's certainly, you know, they're kind of oh, yeah. manhandling and he's him, like, him. And, and Rod
2: Paulie's like, "Why do you let him talk you like that?" You he's know. like, "I don't care." But you could, he does. But and when he leaves, yeah, he says, "I he do stops. care about Beautiful it." Beautiful shot. He stops <laughs> to in frame. It racks focus to Rocky in the foreground. He goes, "You know, when I said it didn't bother me, it does." And uh, she's standing. She's like, "Yeah," and she's it's cold. She's standing on the porch with her arms crossed. It racks focus to her, and then he's like, you know, "Like it does." Yeah. and then he walks away, and that's the end. It's, it's so just, sad. It's so <laughs> yeah, because there's it's like, so many little things of this movie. It's so, there's it's such a beautiful script. You know, such a beautiful like what a
1: it, What do you think of the pacing versus nowadays? I don't think it would have had the you same know, surprisingly pacing.
2: Surprisingly, watching it this time, I was shocked at how short the fight is.
1: Yeah, because the whole and you think about, of uh, uh, it's a boxing film. You have a, a fi- you have a boxing match at the beginning. And you have a boxing match at the yeah. end, and there's not that much. It's almost again, I guess, like the wrestler. There's not a lot of wrestling in the movie. Well, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, there's scenes, of course, where he's going into a gymnasium and people are training and working out and stuff like that. But it's not sort of like say a Raging Bull. Where Raging Bull, there's like at least uh oh, well, because I guess you're you're going off of uh, Jake LaMotta. But you know, there's a half a dozen to like sure. over a dozen fights in Raging Bull. Yeah, yeah. You know, where this movie, it's just about
2: this fight. Well, also, you know, Raging Bull takes is spanning. Yeah, like decades of this one of this guy's life. Whereas Rocky's five weeks. Yeah. It's five weeks from start to finish, which, which we we got one off on this, on the tangent, which is a a brilliant script device.
1: Yeah. It's your, it's your timeline. It's your time. It is.
2: I'm all about it, man. Cause we know it starts November 25th early in the movie. He goes to uh, Thanksgiving at Pauly and and Adrian's oh, house Pauly's a dick man Throws a turkey and out we see the, A beautiful first date You know The date with uh, But then we see We see Thanksgiving We see Christmas We see you know Polly comes in With the wreath They don't need To tell us How much time Is passing and I, and Because it, it's there yeah, it's, it's cinema In like it's Most In it's simplest You don't have to And yeah, most
1: brilliant You're subconsciously way. Telling people It's
2: it's like when there's a pregnancy in a movie, you know, like someone gets pregnant, you know, that the movie's taking place over nine month period, nine month period. It's the way of like inserting a clock in like an expositional way that is an exposition because it's just part of the storyline. And and it's a visual way to keep the audience, you know, knowing how far everything's going. It's brilliant. I mean, still, (laughs) you know, considering that the guy was a down and out actor dabbled with writing, uh, well, he said he went
1: to the. Th- also, one day, I guess, got him idea of getting into writing. Was he was just walking around New York, and he went into the New York Library, and he picked up a book of Edgar Allan Poe and started reading that. And he's a like, big I should,
2: big Poe guy.
1: He's like, I should start, you know, uh, trying my hand at writing. And he said, you know, a lot of stuff was in his head. He had a lot of. Uh, he was doing short stories, yeah. a lot of different things, but he wasn't feeling the right one. And I guess going to the fight, the 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 Leipner fight, the Wepner fight, is the yeah. one where he, you know, really got him yeah. to do the, the the boxing thing. I don't. It's. Weird because I, it doesn't feel like New Year's to me. Like they they keep saying it's going to be the greatest holiday, and then it looks like they're doing like July the fourth because they've got the yeah. You know well, you mean? know it
2: is. I think you know I think that is. The, so
1: maybe they're even joking with that. Or not? Yeah. They Carl Weathers is saying you know he's you know because well, he's, he's certainly that, the model for Muhammad so because Ali. Because you
2: and I weren't alive in 1976. Like we oh, don't, because of the bicentennial. We, is we the don't biggest know how year. big of a deal the bicentennial was. Yeah. So maybe like seventy New Year's Eve bicentennial was like. We're celebrate which, by the way, uh, blowout takes place. The end of that movie takes place on July Fourth, bicentennial, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Philadelphia. Because,
1: of course, for all people out there who, of course, know. <laughs> so if you're gonna to yeah, cut well, those good, movies
2: together. <laughs> that that's uh, yeah, because that's earlier in the year. Both taking place in Philadelphia around the same time uh, period. You know, of course, for all there's the a serial killer on the loose. <laughs> In Philly, <laughs> it was just killing stabbed people. The, just after Rockies fight. Uh,
1: you know, we uh, we got our independence from the, the British in 1776, so that's why the bicentennials is 200 years. And in 1976, that was freaking huge. I mean, you could find quarters in the back that say the bicentennial,
2: Still. You can still you know? find quarters that have the bicentennial yeah. quarters.
1: And no one, that was huge that year. So no one really. Uh,
2: so that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it was all about America, even though, like, you're right. Like, the way he comes out, George Washington hat and the the uncle sam stuff i mean it does seem like it's it's july 4th but because it's 1976 we weren't born then we don't know how big of a deal it was yeah that's my only uh, argument and uh, you know if i'm going to play devil's advocate on that one but i totally agree with you watching it this time especially i was like you know it seems like they wanted to put it on july 4th but they wanted to use that clock of thanksgiving to New Year.
1: so it turned out like that, 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 that it, that's going to be the biggest um one uh you know a- event instead of July 4th uh I think also steady cam this is the third yeah. use ever of the steady cam in a movie first was bound for glory second uh big favorite marathon man yeah and a lot of the shots you couldn't have got you know him running all around the markets and up the yeah. stairs and all a, that a
2: DP a guy named a camera guy named Garrett Brown invents this machine called the steady cam yeah I think you're saying it's the third time they ever used it um they're trying to you know Cast for lack of a better term, the crew of Rocky, and they hear about this thing there's a shot in some movie with this steady cam and uh it might also be in when did Exorcist Two come out? Oh, I don't because know there might be something in there anyway, so there's this idea of this that john j John G Avelson sees this thing that there's like this steady there's these dolly shots that don't have dolly we, you couldn't get with a dolly because there's no dolly tracks in the shot. And uh, this guy, Garrett Brown, sends them a demo reel, shows them footage of what he's done. And and there's footage of him running, like, full speed in a a park with this thing. And he's from Philly, so he... And one of the things on the demo reel is him filming his wife running up the stairs of the the, uh, art museum, which is where Rocky runs up. And so it's him following her up the stairs... And it was just like, okay. That's and it. And so, like, while well, Rocky's running, he's it's sitting in the back of the van. He's sitting with, with it in the back of the van. He's running alongside That's all guerrilla filmmaking.
1: They're just like, they would say, that just get out. They'd see stuff, run through the market. That's why someone throws, like, an orange at him. <laughs> the, yeah, there's yeah. the shot with the, with the boat. He's like, the get boat, out, which, run as fast as you can.
2: Coincidentally, it's the Mushaloo. Yeah. It's still docked in Philadelphia. And it's the... It's the boat they use when young Vito Corleone comes to America in Godfather Part Two. Oh wow! It's which is th- was what year is that? Seventy-five maybe? Seventy-six? So so that that little bit of trivia for you. <laughs> you can go still visit it. Wow. Uh, I don't think it's docked there, but it's docked in Philadelphia, and that is that is that's the boat they use in Godfather. Part so great two. use of Steadicam in the movie. And he is hauling ass past that
1: boat. Oh yeah, I know. When he gets, he said that by the end of that, he'd been running all day, and he felt like his his laser fatigue. He was. Every step he made, he thought he was going to crash and just, just... But he just said, fuck it. He's going to just go. No.
2: And when he's training by himself, he goes for that run and he can't make it up the steps. And then at the end of the montage, he yeah. makes it up and it's... And that's like the end of the movie and, there. And it, it's slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's become like the most iconic thing, uh, th- certainly of these movies. But Well,
1: someone said... I forget who it was. Maybe an old mayor of of Philly he said Sylvester R- S- Stallone and Rocky have done more for the sil- city of Philadelphia since Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, I mean
2: you know? it, they introduced this idea of the statue in Rocky 3 and uh, the statues on the top of the stairs and the statues on top of the stairs in Rocky 5. Rocky g- uh, Stallone gives the statue to the city of Philadelphia. Art Museum. The Art Museum says this is uh a, this is an art museum, not a sports arena. So for ever since Rocky 5 it sat in front of the Spectrum for decades, uh, which is where Rocky and Apollo fight in this movie. Um, and then when the Spectrum closed because they built a new arena, uh, they moved it back to the art museum. But it's not on top of the stairs; it's down like on the ground box. level, to, off to the side. But I believe at the top of the stairs, there's actually they put they did give him like a tile of where he put, like, the Converse sneakers. Oh, for, for where he stood? Yeah. Yeah. Of, like, you could see, like, the Converse stars. You think of sneaker how... Sneaker footprints that its on how and iconic
1: rock. that is. And I wonder, you know, going back to Stallone and this phenomenon of him doing this movie, it's just like, if you had cast in, like, Robert Redford or whoever else they were, you know, would it have been the same thing? Because a lot of times, you know, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but, you know, subconsciously, whoever you cast in a movie, you're... The, the audience member is bringing the baggage of you if you like the person if you don't like the person you see them in this role I can't see them in this role but for the 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 positives of bringing an unknown relatively into a role a starring role like this is that you can immediately he he becomes Rocky Balboa he's not Sylvester Stallone so that's
2: the thing I mean he's to this day so associated yeah even like there was I saw this thing on like making fun of him kind of on Facebook. Somebody had it was like a series. It was like 20 photographs throughout the years of him, like taking the pictures with people where he's holding up his fist. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And it started that because of Rocky and he still does it today, but that's because you know what? He's Rocky and it's like, you know, and thank, and like how beautiful it is, is it that he recognizes it and, or and he embraces, it's not and like it embraces
1: it? You know, he's like, not like, uh, he, you know, he, he, running from it like other people. And that
2: he was the one that created it. I mean, some people are forced to be people Forced to be, you know, are, are identified with characters that were came from somebody else.
1: Yeah, or if they get typecasted, then they, yeah, they're and they're trying to get away from that character.
2: You know, Rocky was birthed, birthed from his brain, and yeah. it's in, and he has kind of embodied it. In, and
1: well, I don't think he's ever been ashamed of it. Like you take like a Leonard Nimoy who wants to try to get away from Spock. There was or, a period there you know, where he
2: was trying. and He's like he wrote a book called like I'm Not Spock.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. But I'm saying. <laughs> But he, yeah, yeah. P, you take Leonard Nimoy as the example, where yeah, he's like yeah. trying to get away from it, or Shatner trying to get away from Star Trek, maybe. But like Stallone doesn't seem like he ever tried to distance himself from those, no, from it, those it humble he origins it by
2: writing, directing, and starring in like the next you know series of movies, and then came back and he said, you know what, like Rocky, we didn't do Rocky justice with five, like I, we should give him another one, oh. and, and Rocky, and Rocky Balboa, the sixth one, it's a beautiful look at what Rocky's doing like you and I were talking about before we started taping like you could go one to rock one to six Rocky Balboa and it's a beautiful arc without even having four through five and that movie is just a beautiful love letter to Philadelphia too. like it ends with the music and just seeing, like, Philadelphia people and and tourists, the credits, roll over people running up the stairs. Yeah. It's like it's showing that, like, we all are Rocky. We've all embraced it. We've all embraced Philadelphia because of this movie. Yeah. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And, and um, you're right. I mean, it's uh, what a great thing that he never did kind of be like i'm not gonna be rocky you No, know?
1: well, he never needed to he never got to the point where in his career where he was trying to he wasn't like putting on the ears to go out <laughs> and, or the gloves i guess you know yeah, yeah. um he uh he i've lost my complete train of thought there from from talking to, to, uh with you about um let's see let's let me retract stallone uh with with, with uh rocky uh, we're doing rocky today <laughs> <laughs> let's go from the top yeah let's let's take it from the top um so uh, uh segue quickly uh i've noticed some things in here he's wearing technical people, boxers he's wearing Casanova Casanova gloves, Casanova gloves are illegal to wear uh in boxing matches because uh they say they photograph well on film, and that's the reason why they want to use them but they're very um, lightly padded near the knuckles area mm-hmm. so that you can give a guy a pretty good beating as well as you can mess really mess your hats up your hands too so a lot of people there's a big dispute of why is he wearing Casanova yeah. gloves well because they photograph well you know um, let's talk about the build-up like you were saying with the whole thing about the posters okay you yeah. know that's another yeah. brilliant scene because you're also because you're that's giving you ammunition like you're saying like he's starting to realize or you know
2: he's not as dumb as well it's another happy accident this movie is full it was like, yeah. you know, it was just like it was fate, this yeah. movie. Because what happens is they finally, the producers or John J. and somebody, they finally talk like the producers into like spring for these giant posters, pan painted murals, which also went up on auction at that Stallone auction. Wow. I don't know how much they got, but they're gigantic. Jesus. And so they send the painter these pictures that they took. Now, Stallone's not wearing. The proper box, boxing shorts in the in the in the photos. Yeah. So he gets back red shorts with a white stripe instead of white shorts with a red stripe, and they're like, "Well, we can't. Aff- we don't have the time or the money to get it fixed." So or, or even,
1: even with the the, the 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 wardrobe department, they can't find. Yeah, it. yeah.
2: So let's just let's use it. You know. So Stallone, he can't sleep. It's the night before the fight. He can't sleep. He goes decides to go to the Spectrum to just be there and see where basically his, you know, his life's either going to begin or end. And he's standing in the ring and the promoter's there smoking a cigar. And it's another shot from, he comes from the foreground, Stallone's in the background, standing in the ring. He says, Rocky, what are you doing here? Rocky says, "Uh, the picture, it's wrong. And the guy's like, what do you mean? He's like my shorts, they're the wrong color. That's not I'm not wearing those shorts. And he says to Rocky, Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, it's not I'm matter. sure you're gonna give them a great show.
1: Yeah, which is which is code for you're gonna you know, and it's
2: it's like get the shit kicked it's, out of you. It's just another heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter to anybody but Rocky. Yeah. This is just a spectacle. nobody it cares got a It was a marketing is. device to Apollo Creed, which we I mean, we could talk about how what a,
1: serendipitousness n- that he picked him out of a phone book of like, the, because of the name because they have um, Sto-
2: the Italian style
1: yeah they have the uh, you know they have these books of anybody so he's yeah, looking through rankings the, you, know, of, yeah. you know
2: lists of people and he sees this name the Italian style. but just the fact that 1975 they shoot this movie Apollo Creed uh, is a black man yeah. who's by Eddie Button's account from the way it's played educated yeah, smart yeah. a shrewd businessman yeah,
1: very much like Muhammad Ali yeah, at the time. like
2: he's he's obviously it's a pattern after Muhammad Ali but I mean he's like the most educated well-read person in the whole b- movie yeah
1: I mean there's <laughs> even scenes where when when um the actor who uh ends up being uh, Rocky's trainer, who's also in The Shining, he's the one he's Scatman Crothers' friend. Oh yeah, the guy
2: plays Duke, who's mm-hmm. not named until the second. Yeah, movie.
1: he's like Jack, who's in
2: A Pre Preacher thirteen. Also. Oh yeah,
1: he is. He's the competent. Yeah, but he when he's watching the TV of them in the thing, you you hear how smart Carl Weathers is. Yeah. He's talking about like, let's put our money into Canada. Or you don't think yeah, we're yeah. Doing, you know? But it's we're like
2: talking install. about like real estate deals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, or where to put more? You know, a- advertising. Oh, a ta- the fight. But tax breaks. You know, tax shelters. And yeah. shit like so this. you
1: can tell he's very well educated. Which, by the way, doing. I
2: don't. One of, uh, on a l- tiny little side note, one of his bodyguards, Paulo bodyguards, that just stands in the background.
1: I didn't notice him, Michael Dorn. <laughs>
2: he's Michael Dorn, who plays Worf in yeah. Star Trek. It's his first role. Unmo- un, uh, Unaccredited. Un- uncredited, just stands there and never says anything, but you can see these two black guys standing by the door, and one of them, Michael He's Dorn. wearing sunglasses. You would never really know. Um, but also, you know, uh, 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 uh Apollo Creed, uh, Carl Weathers points out that like, you know, what makes a great and great protagonist is the great antagonist. And Carl Weathers does a a brilliant job of playing him because you never dislike.
1: Yeah, he never really comes out to be a complete douchebag. Like for me, you see that he he
2: does takes a couple of cheap shots in the press conference, but you can tell that he's like a showman. You know, It, it is like it's a circus. And he's uh, he's acting this part as a character as you know, like Apollo's acting this part of like the the champ and um, it's just it's it's just it's brilliant because we talk about how like Burt Young I mean Paulie's an asshole
1: yeah, yeah he's
2: horrible to to Adrian he's a drunk he's, you know. he's he's not that great to Rocky I love that the first time we see Paulie it's in the bathroom and he's trying to comb his hair in a yeah broken broken shatter <laughs> and that's all he's he's like oh bro. <laughs> I'd Here, love I'm, to catch you, uh, <laughs> who, you know. But it's such, it says so much about that character because, yeah. like, look at him. They I mean like, and he's and he's supposed cares? to be the same age, right? Who he's cares? supposed to be like 30s. Who, who cares what his hair looks like? I mean, it's probably, but he it matters to him, yeah. And even like when you when we flash forward to the sixth Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa, went, and, and the spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, turn it off right now because uh, Adrian's dead. Yeah. Oh that, no! In that movie and. On some anniversary, Rocky goes around to all the places that were important to their like courtship. He yeah. goes to like the zoo, yeah, the where rink. the where the ice rink was, where his old apartment was. And Paulie's drunk, and he doesn't want to. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, he's your sister. He's like, but you were good to her. Yeah. He's like, I was bad to her. And it's just like that trip just reminds him. Like, what a shitty brother he was to her. You
1: know, <laughs> and it's like. And the, what year did the two of them come out? Rocky Balboa and Rambo, uh, the new <sighs> Four. So That's no, like eight, 2007, maybe? 2006, 7, eight.
2: For some reason, 9 sticks out of my head, but you might be right. It might be earlier than that. I right? mean,
1: you if you were to tell me in 2004 or 5, uh, you know, Sloan was going to revitalize both those. Well, even
2: when it was announced, everybody you know, was like, what the
1: fuck? What's he doing? And he wrote, I mean, that Rambo 4 is fucking... Amazing! <laughs> it's awesome. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, totally it's awesome. ninety minutes. They call him the boatman, and that's <laughs> it. You know what I mean? And then, oops, he
2: he accidentally releases a freaking R-rated red band. Teaser trailer and where he where he he it's edited so that it looks like he punches a guy's head off of his body. Yeah, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's,
1: it's unbelievable, and that was on purpose. He he released that that I, that was one of the craziest trailers that I'd ever seen. Then when Rocky Balboa comes out, it's like I can't believe how could you have thought of a he thought of a way to to to, to revitalize oh, it's a, it's both. Great, I mean, you know, like uh, uh, I would put money against it. He's making a new Rambo. Come on, Rambo's fights communists.
2: You know. Uh, Little shout out to uh, Dave Hastings who did the Silver Bullet cast side cast with me, uh, who gets mentioned a lot. Every, even before that, Rocky, but ba- that one, Rocky Balboa, is his favorite of the series. Wow, I, it's, it's such a good. I it's haven't seen Cre- I haven't seen Creed yet, but I mean it's yeah. such a good. And we'll, we'll, we'll mention know. Creed, but uh, um, it is it's uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's amazing, and we need to talk about the score real quick. Yeah, yeah. Bill Conti's score for this movie is as perfect a marriage of music and cinema as any movie. Well I think <laughs> I,
1: I think he should be inducted into the Saturday night movie hall of fame because <laughs> okay. I mean you have uh, uh he has done some of the most amazing films, you know, uh you know, Here and Tonto, Paradise Alley, Fist Rocky 2, P- Private Benjamin uh, victory rocky 3 i the jury right stuff bad boys the one with Sean Penn, karate kid north and south karate kid 2 fx masters of U- the universe <laughs> broadcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. news lock up prayer for the dying karate lock kid up, Part great, three. great yeah, movie. lean on me rocky 5 necessary roughness rookie of the year next karate kid spy hard the remake of the thomas crown affair and then rocky balboa so that's just like a best of of his of his um of his legacy there. And you're right. This soundtrack is a and then the use of synthesizers in this son of a bitch. It's, it's
2: you know just the and then like the, the, the,
1: the, the 70s funk the I know wow, was, wow,
2: and even wow, was the stuff that you know? he's listening to on the radio when right. he's in the apartment yeah. is like perfect. And but it's, it's just,
1: you're right. It's such a good marriage and then especially when you you don't hear you know you're sitting on on Cinema Dynamite with that theme yeah, And you don't get the theme until he's freaking, you yeah. know, he's doing his, and it's, this could be one of the first and great uses of a freaking
2: montage,
1: <laughs> you know, which gets played out yeah. in the, the action. Eisenstein would have <laughs> been. Yeah. Yeah. Eisenstein would have <laughs> wept. Sergei <laughs> Eisenstein that he had seen this, this, the, how the montage was, 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 uh, rectified in this movie. Or That's used. a little shout out to all you. Film, yeah, to all you uh, film uh, geeks out there. Film student you geeks know, Sergei Eisenstein, our <laughs> N word. Um anyway but you know i mean like
2: aside from you aside from gonna fly now yeah like of course that's the one i can never
1: you know that's when i was little i can never hear what they were what he was saying
2: yeah gonna fly now aside being like the quote-unquote song that's highlighted in the movie just all the music around like the the slow piano music um and the f- and the f- the f- music during the fight like okay it starts off the first round and then once it like it gets heated that mu- that comp that competitive music comes in it it makes me cry it makes i could listen to the record and cry it makes me cry you have got a lot of emotional
1: attachment to this movie. i do
2: i cry i cry this time around I'll be honest with you. This time, I, I cried when Mick came to I the apartment. I tried
1: not to make eye contact with you when we watched this movie.
2: <laughs> I cried when Mick came to the apartment. Yeah. I cried when Polly flipped out and- Oh, that was sad. I was crying and, too. And Adrian grabs it. She's like, I am not a loser. Yeah. I, I cried there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was a, I was a blood-free mess during yeah. this. Yeah, and movie. you were sober
1: as well, which is even more startling. <laughs> and my
2: glasses got all fucked up. You're all I had like, off. tears all we over. We had to stop the movie. It was embarrassing. Uh, but Bill Conti's music for this, and then okay, let's talk about the end of the movie because we have to start wrapping up uh,
1: quickly. Uh, we talking about um, how they can't get things done because of budget. The whole scene with the, with the skating rink, they they couldn't find actors. It was supposed to
2: be uh, one. It was supposed to be dinner. Yeah, and then John G. Evelson was like. We can't just sit you have you sit there and talk for for ten minutes. It's gonna be boring. So let's. What else can we do? Oh, there's an ice rink. We can go ice rink. John Javits like one. Okay, then we're gonna have to get extras. Then in between shots, we're gonna have to have the Zamboni go back and forth to clean the ice. He's like, it's not gonna cost any. It's it's gonna be too. It's gonna cost too much. What if it's Thanksgiving? It's closed. Rocky slips him money. Yeah. To. Uh, let them go out on the ice together, and it works out great. Oh, beautiful! Yeah,
1: beautiful. You know, even the part where the guys being an
2: asshole—seven <laughs> minutes.
1: I mean, it's, it's it works out
2: brilliant. And he's running, and a lot of that is kind of improv in between the two of them. He, he
1: doesn't know how to skate, so he's running around. He's She's running. not very good either on skating. I know. mean, it's
2: a it's a it's romantic. Yeah, he, that's it's when the, he's like my dad used to say, like you gotta you know work your body because I, you don't have much of a brain. And she laughs. She's like, "What? What? You know what's so funny?" She's like, "My mother used to say the opposite." He's like, "Opposite what? What'd she say the opposite?" And she says, and it's just a beautiful, you know, but again, like you said, sometimes that's, you know, that there's whole other discussion, which we can go in about like the fucking whole George Lucas thing of like when you can do anything like restriction can be a beautiful thing, in yeah, art. yeah, as opposed to having yeah, whatever your heart's desire. Uh, at the end
1: of the movie, they invited a whole bunch of fighters to show up. The only one who showed up was Joe uh, Fraser, Joe Frazier. Joe Fra- <laughs> yeah, who I've met, great guy. <laughs> I've met I've met S- Sly Stallone too, but he because Fraser's from Philly, yeah, uh, apparently great, did not like. Uh, Carl Weathers?
2: Carl Weathers, yeah.
1: Oh, Carl Weathers was being a little douchey. <laughs> he yeah, the, like, you know. like
2: didn't quite understand that he was playing a character. Yeah, and they own. were actually worried at some point that Joe Frazier was going to kick the
1: shit out of Carl Weathers. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, what do you think the act structure is?
2: In in what way?
1: like, like, like the three act? Yeah, what do the, you think the three act would be?
2: You think well, act one is like ends when he gets the... It's got to be when he is offered the fight. And mm-hmm. then act
1: two is up until maybe what, the montage maybe? I or? think
2: up until... When he's scared, so he's
1: scared of the f- maybe I would
2: say post montage. Yeah. It's like it, when we see after the montage the night before the fight. Yeah. It's like we've now settled into like the realization, you know, the whole thing about the music and he we're as an audience not there's no way Rocky can do this. Yeah. We we've set this whole thing up where like Rocky can't do this. He's he's going to get killed I mean there's no way he can stand up to it isn't that a weird so, dichotomy so, that we so do the montage that. happens and John G. Avilson, John G Avelson, John Avilson goes to Bill Conti we're going to do a training montage I need music that tells the audience maybe he can do this yeah. And that's where they're going to fly now. And so it starts out. He's like, I need 30 seconds of music. He gives him the 30 seconds. Of music. He's like, you know what? It's too short. I mean, he gonna, he's going to start running now. He's like, give me enough. They keep going in 30 second increments until it's like over three minutes long. They have this beautiful montage that all this music pumping. And he goes, John Appleton goes to Bill Conti. Can we say something like he's getting stronger? <laughs> So, so Bill Cosby goes to his wife. He says, "Do you know anybody in your office sing?" He's like, "Yeah, there's a couple of people that can sing." He's like, "Come on in." They say, "Getting strong, getting stronger, yeah. and gonna fly now." Like the two lyrics. That's the, like gonna fly now. But that's like, that's the thing. It, that's like the power of of music. And this is a per, this movie is such a great example of like how it's an emotional thing, not an intellectual thing. Like we feel it, and that 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 music in juxtaposition to those images is what makes us feel like, oh my God, maybe Rocky can do this. But then, once that third act starts, we see that Rocky knows he can't do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's
1: such a stunning omission that, that that we're not even trying to psych the audience out with that. We're, we're yeah. letting the audience know, like, you know, he's probably not going to win this fight. He could be killed doing this. Yeah, You know, Rocky's, Rocky's scared. Yeah. And
2: he's like, you know what? He's like, I've spent my whole life, uh, you know, not, Not living up to, you know, this is my chance. And if I can just, I'm never going to win. Yeah. But if I can go in there and I can stand toe to toe with the champ. And in the end of when that final bell rings, I'm still standing. Then that's all I want. Like then I I've done, I've won. Yeah. And that's like the power of the ending is like, we see a man so driven that he defies the odds.
1: Are we are getting to the ending now. Mm-hmm.
2: You want to talk about the ending? I would like to. Unless okay. No, no. I didn't know about. if you want to do
1: before then. The ending now. So who wins the fight? Split decision. Do we know who wins the fight?
2: Carl Weathers wins the fight. He because oh, we fight. we
1: learned that in the second one. But at the end of the, f- do we, they I kind of make it, is, it muffled. He,
2: it is. It's in the little, background. Yeah, because that's the that's the brilliance of it. Yeah, Rocky don't even care. It doesn't matter. They're asking Rocky questions. He's like, leave me alone. Yeah, I want to find Adrian. Like, like, he's I did it. Like, yeah, he's just like Adrian. She comes out, and, and you start crying again because like, he's like <laughs> he's like he's like a little he's like it's and like it's they, like a, they're a, trying to we can hear it in the background and then we see a long shot where like. When Apollo wins, like he raises his hand, but it's like a long shot where we're actually our focus is on Rocky because the fact that Rocky doesn't win doesn't
1: matter. He doesn't care. He, he won. He, he
2: finished. He did what yeah. he set out to do.
1: He's standing at the end of that. I mean, then we talk about the whole cut me Mick. That's legendary. That whole thing where he, they have to cut the the swelling down, and you know that's that's you nowadays know, he's just
2: he. It's uh, so at the end of the fight, he doesn't even care. He doesn't care. He doesn't even listen to. See and then if he he's won. he's like trying. He can't see. Paulie's it that well. trying to get in. And the cop stops it and then Adrian comes up. She loses her hat. Yeah. In pulls the crowd. it off with a fish with a fish uh, oh you know that fish you know, rod! She runs wire. up to the top and he's like, But she's my buddy, I need to get in there and then stops, You can't go in there and she goes, Paulie. and he looks down and he quickly lifts up the rope. She goes in. And he's and she's yelling for her and she's trying to get to the crowd. She's yelling for him. It's like uh Then he's like, well, where's your hat? <laughs> you know, it's like uh <laughs> <laughs> Well that's the that's it. I mean that's who Rocky is. Yeah. You know, like he just went through the biggest ordeal of his life. He could have been killed. And when he sees her, it's not about him anymore.
1: Now, uh, let's pause it there before we get to the last actual shot of the movie. Now, they, sh- they originally, we talked about before, the script was going to be darker. He was going to throw the fight because he was disenfranchised, disenchanted uh, with the whole industry. They shot an, uh, uh, I guess they shot an ending, which er- ended up being the theatrical poster of like... Yeah. Rocky goes looking for her he finds her behind the curtain backstage he holds her hand and they walk off together yeah and then they they, they walk
2: like in the park they walk to like the parking lot yeah and, and the they real movie. they realize and so that, that's the poster which will likely be the poster on our on our yeah. page which is like we see them holding hands, walking away from the
1: camera. And that was such an iconic poster at the time, and that was a shot not and even in the not, movie. Yeah, it's not even in the movie. And they, I guess they realized this isn't the ending we want, so they went back well, a week later know, the and they shot the like thing. Well, you know, the thing we got, like, there's the, the
2: music, there's the...
1: There, exactly. It's like we're... We need to end on a high note. We can't let everybody... We're getting to... We just blew our load, and we don't want to have everyone... Yeah,
2: in. it's like the fanfare. We got the crowd. Yeah. Everything's kind of crazy. And you're right, like, he gets there, and she's he's like, Where, where'd your hat go? Uh, it's just it's little touches like that now they, that are amazing
1: they end the movie on like them together
2: well yeah she says I love you which yeah. is the first time this is it I mean it's like when every relationship when you have a relationship you're starting a relationship with somebody there comes that time where it's like I'm gonna say this to somebody, to that person and it's a big deal because it's it's a, it's a commitment they might not reciprocate it you know this whole entire movie There's beautiful symbolism Where she works in a pet shop And uh, when we see her he, She's you know Rocky's comes to see her at the thing And she's standing behind a cage She's behind bars She's like this guarded little yeah mouse Yes. You know that has never been anything but this And you know
1: Well no one's ever told her any different Yeah She's yeah.
2: been like she's had Pauly You know be a shithead to her her entire life She thinks her job is to take care of him. She's probably her entire life. Her mom is like, you're never going to be, you're yeah. never going to be the pretty one. And so, and Rocky comes along and sees something in her, sees the beauty behind the glasses and all those clothes. And he sees it. And, uh, he, and he brings her out until, like, he comes back. He comes home, and, the, and she's got buckets, and she's fucking decked out. Yeah, dude, she nice. looks nice. He's like, you look good. You're going to be breaking hearts. <laughs> and then even if she's looking adorable in the fight, she's not wearing her glasses. Yeah. Even, even Talia Shire says, like, she kind of thought that that she doesn't even need glasses, but it was like a adrian wore them to not have to like a protection yeah like it was a mask that she put on like she even wore bad like the wrong prescription because she didn't even need glasses just to not have to deal with people and now
1: do you think in the annals of rocky you take all seven movies do you think some people speculate that the last shot of one that i love you i love you and they that you know they have that moment we were both I love me you, and, yeah i me, love you me and you are holding hands crying <laughs> you know and they end on that freeze frame. Do you think that's the highest point in both well, their that's lives? Well,
2: the, that's kind of... Well, obviously, when this movie ended... When they, when they shot this movie, there was never...
1: Like you know, anything. They're they never didn't think they were going to make yeah. a second. Why?
2: So that becomes the thing. It's like they're drawn together. It's like these two forces... Like this movie is, uh, is, is like fate. The fact that Adrian and Rocky have found each other and fallen in love is... They're They're soulmates. They're drawn together from the, the length of the spectrum to be together for this life. Spectrum, this the arena. The, the, or the arena uh, is called the spectrum in the, in the movie. In mean, real life, too. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. It might, yeah. I don't even know if it's still... I know they, they were using it for other things. There's another place uh, that they do the basketball games and hockey games from now. But um, draw together. She says, I love you. And he's like, I love you. And then they embrace. And as they embrace... They kind of lift up, yeah, and that's the frame that we dis- that John G. Avildsen and, and and Stallone decide to end on is like when they're at the peak of that embrace, because the moment they touch and then they squeeze and then they let go of that squeeze a little bit, they come back down, and they freeze right at the top of that because in the context of this movie, forget what it comes after it when they made this movie. That is the this is the highest point of his life everything from this point is downhill. <laughs> yeah he's done his thing that's it and we freeze and we get this beautiful freeze frame of it the two of them embracing he's all bloodied but it doesn't he doesn't even re- notice it anymore he notices more that she lost her hat in yeah the crowd. and then the credits roll with an- another amazing theme by Bill Conti, which is just like a string uh, ensemble yeah and it's just black credit it's it's you know white credits on black and it's just the very mellow and it's like you know we we talk you know there's movies sometimes have like that big finale and then there's like this little aftermath which is like the stasis of the movie yeah we don't have that with the with them walking away into the into the dry, into the parking lot but we have that with the credits yeah and yeah it, it would
1: have been a different movie had they just like it almost seems like they would have had the credits rolling over them, like walking to the. <laughs> so what do you want to do after <laughs> this?
2: I don't know. What Let's do you really want to do? A stick. What do you want to go get a cheese stick? But steak? just the, the credits with that like that that theme that we hear during the fight, like the but just as a string quartet, which is very kind of like melancholy. Yeah. Which is like again reinforcing that idea of like this was the this he peaked, and everything after this is kind of you know they'll probably get married and they'll have kids or whatever and they'll be happy um, but but life is never gonna be yeah better than it is right this very second when they embrace for the first time in with with I love you you're getting me and he, now. and he just guesses he just did the greatest thing that he'll ever do and now he has the woman he loves like solidified it's it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful
1: Um, it, it is it is great um, the movie was shot in 28 days, which is amazing. Again, to have it done, uh, came out. Uh, opening weekend grossed five million. Uh, ended up reaching 117 million in North America box office in '76, in and that's for that's then adjusted for inflation. That's 460 million in North America in 2015 prices. Overseas, it grossed 107 million worldwide box office, which is around 225 million now. And with it being, we said already, a, a million dollar bu- uh, budget, it uh, got 11,000%. Th- uh, um, uh, <laughs> that's how much, you know, and it was the highest grossing film uh, in 1976. It was a big deal. And it, was, it, was, it won an Oscar, and it's the first sports film ever to win a Best Picture Oscar yeah. for like that.
2: Now, flash forward, you know, however many, 40 years or whatever later, this movie Creed comes out. Um, and Stallone, there's there's buzz that Stallone will get best supporting, get a nomination for best supporting actor in it, like just for the story alone. I hope it happens, and I hope he wins. Yeah, you because know what? The, the, like he. I
1: haven't seen the movie. Yet. You saw it. Everyone tells me you saw it. it says is crying. I've seen a couple trailers, and it look doesn't look good from what I've seen in the movie. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. It looks great, but I'm saying it doesn't look good for the for the rocky character in the movie from what yeah, i saw yeah. I wish so they like, didn't that's why i'm pulling, for those, kind of stuff I'm pulling for those i'm pulling for those heartstrings and god forbid if it's like that other what's that fucking eastwood movie that i i, I will never watch again with gene hackman um with her she's boxing in it
2: Oh, uh, yeah, uh, what is that, Million Dollar Baby? Million
1: Dollar Baby, the end of that movie, when you have Eastwood crying, jeez, I start I well up, so I was like, That's, I don't yeah, want to see yeah, any of yeah. that kind of stuff. I again, will say, in my personal you know,
2: opinion, Creed is not as good of a movie as everybody's making it out to be. Yeah. That's not to say that I don't think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's flawed, but it's not, uh, I just feel like it's it's got issues, but I mean, most movies do. They can't all be rocky. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, but Stallone is great in it, and it would be such a, beautiful thing if he if he wins an Academy Award. That would be nice play to play uh, at Rocky all these years later.
1: To have him do that again. Um, another thing I found f- wrapping this up is for merchandising for the film. Originally, uh, they licensed uh, Rocky to Hasbro to make a member of the G.I. Joe Task Force. As you know, so... They they did that in the 80s with wrestler Sergeant Slaughter, as yeah, we all yeah. know. So and a the, toy
2: uh, f- in refrigerator, Frig- Perry, Frig- 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 Perry. Yeah, refrigerator, refrigerator. From the, from
1: the, uh, I think was he from the Cubs, uh, uh, the, the Bears, Bears. Yeah, yeah the, the, bears. The, the, I was gonna say the, the Cubs, the, the Chicago bears. Cubs, the Bears. <laughs> we are the Bears. No, you're good. Remember that song. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, a, a, a toy prototype was made for Rocky, and Marvel Comics, uh, in in their G.I. Joe Order of Battle profile comment that came out during the negotiations of this. I don't know what year this is. This is probably mid-80s. It included Rocky as a current Joe member, specializing in hand-to-hand combat and as an example of what it means to persevere under seemingly impossible odds. But negotiations collapsed because Stallone licensed Rambo to another company. So Marvel had to run retractions in the third issue of the limited run series indicating that the character was never part of G.I. Joe. So that's, that's amazing to think that for a minute there... <laughs> not Rambo, but Rocky. Rocky was, was a uh, member you know, of the Joe team. How cool, Rocky! You know, um, you know, hey, hey you know, uh, Duka, uh, you know, <laughs> like real nice, you know. Uh, so, what are you getting for um, for bo- buckets of pizza? Do we even have to a- ask you? Uh, ten.
2: Ten. Ten, <laughs> ten
1: out of five buckets of pizza. One being worst, five being best. You're giving it ten. Uh, uh, uh,
2: I, this it's literally if it's not my favorite movie of all time. It's top
1: three. Top, th- not even top five, it's top three. I would say it's top three. Do you not know what <laughs> the other two are? Or no, this is something you wrestle with. I don't know,
2: with? I just know that it, this one, I just know for how, the amount of love I have for this movie. Uh, like I said, I mean, I wa- it, it's always been with me, but it literally kind of changed my life. I mean, we tr- s- seven years ago when I watched it again. We tried
1: to put so much into this cast, I don't know if we've crammed all as much in. You could do a whole There's series. so
2: much more I could talk about, but you know, I know it's like the sun's coming up, it's, getting, it's, <laughs> it's winding down. <laughs> we got church in an hour.
1: Hour. uh i I, th- I think it's five four out of five five out of five it's such it's, it's a great st- it's it's just, it's just like it's such an uplifting story you know what i mean yeah. uh i i th- you know it, it 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 seems i don't know i i wonder if they were to make it today if they would if it, the pacing would be a little they'd want to um click, you know what i mean they, you couldn't make it today you know they want to they want to make it faster and all I that mean and
2: you know they made creed but creed's coming off of
1: rocky bubble oh, it's coming and off all of, these other you know phenomenons it's, it's, and you know
2: as an original story, it could never be made today. It's the grit of the '70s. It's the low budgetness. It's yeah. the grain of the film. Joe Spinell. It's the music. It's the it's the music that Bill Conti wrote for it. It's everything. It's he couldn't do it today. Lightning in a bottle. It, it really was. Yeah. Um. Do you have any recommendations? I would say. Uh, Rocky Balboa. Like yeah. I said, I feel like the 2006 film. Yeah, I feel like you really could. You could you could add Rocky 2 to it and and so you could go Rocky Rocky 2 Rocky Balboa and have a beautiful little arc but you really could just go Rocky ba- Rocky the first movie Rocky Balboa just two movies and and have this beautiful little double feature to see like the beginnings of this relationship and this guy who had a shot his whole, his whole life was a million to one shot This is the tagline to Rocky and then to see like kind of the the coda of it. Yeah. Um, So I would say like that would make a a really awesome double feature. Uh, um, Or even Creed, but Creed's not out yet. So you can't add that. It's in the theaters, but you can't can't, watch it. You can't can't rent it or
1: (laughs) stream it. Um, And we we like to always say that they're... they did a paperback novelization of this
2: movie? I've got the fir- at least the first three or four in wow. my collection.
1: And that's, that must be amazing, them actually choreographing the fight. Because Stallone choreographed the fight, which is also the technical things we get into. Like There was yeah, like yeah. 35 hours. He wrote of, it out. Yeah, they because they could it Because they
2: actually had a guy to choreograph it who had choreographed all the great boxing scenes in like Hollywood history, an old guy. Stallone told him what he wanted to do with it. And the guy was like, no, nah, you can't do that. And then he's like, well, that's the way we're going to do it. And the guy's like, then you're going to do it without me. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> G Appleton said to to Stallone. Then she's like, "You know what? Go home. You know what you want to do. Just go home. Write it out like it was a script." Stallone did
1: it like a champ. Then he came out what thirty two pages or yeah, something like, like fight, that. Fight punch by punch. Jesus, it's, it's amazing to think that. Uh, I guess my recommendations, if if you're a Rocky fan out there or a boxing fan, go see. City for Conquest, which is 1940. It's James Cagney. uh, Kurt Douglas's movie I couldn't think of before is called Champion. That's 49. And 1962 is the uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight. And I think people have seen Raging Bull, which is 1980. Yeah,
2: yeah. what's the one with John Voight and Ricky Schroeder? Oh Jesus oh I know that one too
1: that one that's fall that's like a that's a Saturday <laughs> afternoon movie right there if I've ever heard of
2: one I can't you know? remember the name of it, but that's uh it. That's, that's a good that's a good advice. so this is ending
1: our year this is the 2015
2: and what a great movie to end on it's, it's topical because of Creed yeah like I said you know in a couple of months hopefully fingers crossed we might see that's the lone wins an Academy Award for playing Rocky yeah or hopefully at least get nominated I think he deserves it I mean the guy's done it. He's, he's paid his dues certainly certainly and yeah. uh, you know Rocky's certainly as iconic a film character as there is. You yeah, know, maybe not the most, but he's it's up there. Yeah, good guy. It's a beautiful universal story that kind of just like it speaks to everybody. Everybody yeah. knows, everybody has obstacles and has the the card stacked against them at one uh, at one uh, time in their life or another. And this is just a a beautiful story about a guy who, like I said, he, his whole life was a million to <laughs> one shot. He gets the shot and. Uh, luckily he did it luckily he didn't just say no it's like yeah the, the, the movie uh, ends <laughs> right there that's it, how it ended 20 minutes it right did there. Now. I'm done no that's okay
1: yeah. oh I'm gonna start breaking people's fingers so
2: because. many other little things we could have talked about but I think we hit everything that yeah. was big Lloyd wow. Kaufman Lloyd Kaufman shows up as a drunk uh, he worked on the movie uh, he's the guy that Rock that Stallone as he's walking into the Lucky oh, seven him tavern. him he picks him up puts him in that's Lloyd Kaufman they were they shot the outside was in Philadelphia the inside of the bar was in LA Oh. So A- Avildsen says to Lloyd Kaufman, he's like, "Look, if you want to be the guy that he pulls in, like he picks you up, but we're going to use some other guy." Yeah. And the inside, he said, "If you want to be that character, you have to fly yourself to L.A." And he flew himself to L.A. To, so because he, he's in the end. Then he's in the. I think they must have shot that on the same day. Yeah, because he's in this, the, the end the when they're in the bar. Yeah, 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 in the in the bar. And then the, the, f- the fact that Rocky has bricks right outside his window—one is brilliant stroke of brilliance a foot away from his window is yeah. bricks is because they shut the inside of the apartment is in LA and out, right outside his window was a palm tree so they put a fake brick oh. thing right outside his window but it's 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 one of those things where it's just it's brilliant that Rocky's view is a brick it, wall it <laughs> foot a foot away a brick yeah. It's a and it's, in, in New York that's not uncommon that's not uncommon <laughs> at all but uh, it is like this little stroke of brilliance uh, so many little things when he's walking to Paulie, when Paulie's taking him to Thanksgiving, and he's like, "You sure she knows she's knows I'm coming?" He's like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, she knows you're coming. She's excited about it." As they're walking past the hoagie shop, he sees little Marie. Oh yeah, yeah, he does see her. Yeah, standing up there, and it's just like another little like, she's that little she's standing, still, a little sta- dig, little dig right at Rocky's heart. Like, uh, yeah, after his big speech, little Marie's still gonna be. Who that character comes back in Rocky uh, Balboa? But maybe that's not. Let's hope she's not a whore <laughs> So no, I don't remember not, now. That's my least favorite so, part of that movie. So
1: we're gonna have to we're gonna have to now successively go through all of them and, and do the just keep keep touching back to see where Rocky's at. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, please check us out on iTunes. Check us out on what are we on? iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. Podroid. We've realized some people out there don't even realize we have a podcast. Podbay. We're on Podbay.
2: Po- uh, Player FM.
1: Player FM. Uh, check us out on um, Twitter. We're at Sat Sleepovers. We're on Facebook. Like I said, some people on Facebook don't even realize we have, we have a podcast. You have a
2: growing, a beautiful growing yeah, an audience fa- on Facebook. Uh, Facebook community. Uh, we post a lot of shots from movies. We, uh, f- you know, share a lot of great articles that we come across. Um, but surprisingly, not a lot of people, there's there's a large part of that audience doesn't even know we do a podcast. Yeah. So spread the word. Yeah. Put the word out in the street. You got to get the word out if in the you street. you like Saturday night movie sleepovers? Yeah. Go get the church and go. <laughs> <laughs> you tell your friend. No, your friend, you only got one. <laughs> you, you tell, you take a friend, you say, <laughs> check out, if everybody. T- Tells a, f- tells tells a, a friend. friend, and then that friend tells a friend. Yeah, it's
1: like a telephone. By the end of it, they're saying something really nasty on the other end.
2: Once we're big enough, we're going to have live sleepover.
1: Yeah, well, yeah everyone's <laughs> got to bring a sleeping bag, and, the, and, and it's but uh, we bring need, your own sleeping bag.
2: But we need
1: you Yeah. to get us, to get us there. We need the Jews, and we need you. <laughs> we need everybody. Uh, Yes, please check us out uh, and check out the website ourselves. You know, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. We're there. We have all kinds of stuff there. Fun stuff you can learn about us. You can see pictures of us.
2: uh, SaturdaySleepovers.podwits.com
1: Yeah, that's us there. That's SaturdaySleepovers.podwits.com Well, we're always there. Have a happy new year. Hope you had a good Christmas. We're still talking Christmas stuff. Keep that, keep that season alive. New Year's cast. Yeah, man. and uh, we hope you like, we hope you like the little present we gave you, the
2: New Year's cast. A bonus New Year's yeah. cast. Yeah, we're doing this late, late on classes. a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. one, does one get, for the heart. Doesn't get more classic. So. And uh, you know, New Year's, the 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 is coming, and We're uh we got, we got some, we got some fun things. Yeah, in, in the, the arsenal. Pipe.
1: Yeah, coming out. So in the breach. So take care and uh happy New Year.
2: Later.